Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Congratulations, your morning just got a bit classier. A media legend, a ferocious linebacker, a clueless producer, and you. Searching for a replacement window online? Visit windownation.com today. So raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. All right, let's do it live on a Tuesday edition of the program, How You Live in Threes. Fearful of that chopper, weren't we? Yeah, that uh, that's not good. Fearful of that. Some sort not of technical great. difficulty on not James's great. end. Yeah. So, right, how how many seconds before the start of the show, chops? Like in the open, right? We we we, yes. we get, we're not hearing, right? So in the open, chopper gets in my ear and he says, uh, "You may not have James. Um, he's not hearing me and talk back." Um, at which point we say, "Well, okay." Well, we'll we'll work to get that sorted out. Then we'll we've got have to some figure options, it out, yeah, and we'll we'll work those things out. And so uh, we'll get him here, and and we've got a long time to sort it out, and we've got a ton of things on the program today. So there's a lot to look forward to. Um, but but I think you have to start. And I'm curious. I I heard Bob and and Beam talking about this to close their show. And and I don't. I won't pretend that I know the answer to this. Um, my hunch has always been, to a certain degree, once a player leaves Ohio State, there is some diminishing interest in what they do in the NFL. We still keep an eye out for them. For example, when I was at Channel 10 we were on wall-to-wall sports, we'd always do Buckeyes um, on Sundays. We would do Buckeyes and the pros, and we'd do a list of how they did and what they accomplished. Now, it's different now, uh, frankly, because there are so many doing so well, um, so maybe that helps it a little bit. But that there was a diminishing give a damn of the fan this is a buckeye town so what we care about most is when you're here right and we love you when you come back and the city's going to put their arms around you like nothing else like no place else in the country when you come back and and certainly there's plenty of proof of that look at the buckeye cruise for cancer you can see the love and adoration of former buckeyes but i always felt that there was a little bit kind of got the feeling there's a little bit of a diminishing return what i meant by that was i still felt that most people in this town when it came to pro football on Sundays, their priority was the Browns, the Bengals, the Steelers, whoever they were rooting for, and then probably their fantasy football teams. That those That's were right. the things that they looked for most. Oh, hello. Yeah, yeah. It turns out Access One isn't working for the uh, for the people back at the station. <laughs> just, Greg figured it out. Just, um, Access One not working. In. I was listening the whole time. In. I'm like, Bo, I'm here. I'm here. Couldn't hear you. I got an elite yeah. morning going on. I got. I've you got, really do. I've got. Uh, you have no idea. I got the operation. <laughs> You're right. I don't. The operation dirt landfill at the property is is happening this morning as mm-hmm. um, you know there's just a boom of development up my way uh, and I said sure. to a couple of local builders hey you know since you're digging you know holes over and over and you're digging them on quarter acre half acre lots you're not going to be able to spread all that dirt you know around sure. a quarter acre lot so instead no. of hauling it and paying to dump it you know over in some quarry. Why don't you just dump some of that down here, and I can fill in the giant holes that were my ash trees, and where I have sure some uh, some water kind of comes up over the stream. Maybe I can kind of re 
re uh, reestablish where the waters are. Hey, you know what? No, you won't flood over to this part when it rains. You're actually going to stay where you're supposed to. So anyway, um, I've got about four <laughs> massive loads out of you. already dumped already dumped down there, and uh, it's been an elite morning. Yeah, nothing nothing like connecting with Chops. Chops going hello hello like normal. I'm like hey Chops, what's up? And he can't hear me, so nothing. I call him, and I'm like. What's going on? He says Shark was having issues too, but keep going on your well, uh, post, on your post so Buckeye thing. So this was where this was where I was going because I was going to Urban. Does Columbus care how the Jacksonville Jaguars do? Uh, I don't think Columbus cares about what the Jags' record is. I think Columbus roots for Coach Meyer if oh, they he's can root have yep. if they can have. Um, for instance, hey, I want to have the the Buckeyes win it all, and then if the Jags are having success too, oh, cool, he's he's a Buckeye. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, do people are people watching Saints games just because of Michael Thomas, or are people like, oh man, it's awesome to see Mike Thomas doing great at the league? You know, like I think there's yeah. a there's a dual thing there. You know, um, so there's a dual kind of. Uh, does, you know, that, does that make it's sense? Both. What I was saying, like, absolutely that, does. That your, yeah. your priority as an NFL fan in this town and in this area is to your NFL team. That what we love is the is the time that you're here. We love you forever. They're gonna this city's gonna put their arm around you forever. You're a Buckeye. You're a Buckeye. You talk about the brotherhood. I think it's unique to anywhere in the country. There, there yeah. aren't many places like it. Um, but but I would say that that when it comes to an NFL Sunday, most people around here, and we have the numbers to back this up, are how the Browns doing? That's right. That's most. And then that's right. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, really close for yep. second. Um, and in terms of of give a damn level. And then it's kind of spread out. Your fantasy yep. team, whatever. And it's probably one of those things. Where you're like, oh, that's great. What a what a great job out of Lauren Knight. He had seventy five tackles today for the Rams. And you go, well, wow, that was hell of a well. He, not we seventy five tackles. Definitely played games where it's over seventy five plays. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nothing did. like teams getting in four minute drills. So you know what four minute drill is, right? But for yeah, the listeners sure who might not know, like I know Shelly's listening. She definitely understands. But for those that are not sure what the four minute drill is, yeah. it means at the end of the game. When a team is up and winning, they are going to go run heavy 90% of the time, and they are going to make sure that they run all that clock off. So the idea is let's run the remaining four minutes, even through the two-minute warning. Let's run through all three timeouts and just say, you know what? Here it comes. We're running. Try to stop it. You can't because you stink, and we're going to drain this game. We're going to snap it with three seconds on the play That's right. That's right. we're going to... To be it's honest, be it was, a lot of it was, third and three. It was Temple every game last season, as, as I've watched. As is they let Temple. it run down the one. They let it run down the one. One and six. Temple predicted to finish ten out of eleven teams in the AAC. Exciting matchup against Rutgers. Don't watch Buckeyes Gophers. Watch ours. Right. Um. Anyway, so I'm I'm, <laughs> I when it would be like, hey, start of the fourth quarter, and you see teams twenty two personnel. Me and Chris Long would just look at each other and go. Oh my oh, gosh, boy. they're getting a four-minute drill at the start of the fourth quarter. Yeah. That's how you know you really have hit a low in the National <laughs> Football League, just so you know. That's, that's a tough spot. So I, I'll be curious to see. I, I think you had it. I, I think people – you root for Coach Meyer. The yep. appreciation – he's so invested here still, remains, yep. um, both financially and personally. Um, yep. And you're going to root for him. Um, that being said, I don't know that you're going to seek out Jaguar games. You know, when uh, my hunch is that you won't, that right. it'll be something that you look at, oh, he won or he lost or whatever. Yeah. Um, I say all of that because when he's on a primetime game, you'll probably watch. 
right? Because I think I think when when the Jags are on a primetime game, I think Buckeye fans many. would be like, "Oh yeah, I want to see how Urban's doing." Um, I like to watch just to see what what are the mannerisms going to be like on the sideline. And you I started to see some of the old herbs creep out last night, did you not? You what did I text see? you last night? <laughs> I said I, I texted threes. I said I don't know what's going to be in the show, but we're going to have urban sound. We're going to have urban sound because, yeah. folks, I I think that this is going to be. They don't have an offensive identity. What's hard is you have a master controller, um, and culture builder who's yeah. been elite at it in Urban Meyer, but we don't have the um, how do I word this? You don't have. The Urban Meyer offense, like Daryl Bevel and Schottenheimer, are not college spread it out system guys. No, they're not. You can see that running duo play, which is just double the three, double the nose. Everyone just block the guy in front of you. Back picks a hole. That's not. That's not under Coach Meyer's repertoire. You know, like he wants to be able to go horizontal and vertical, stretch the field, athletes in space. And I have not seen that in two games. There's so, not a whole lot of ingenuity in that offense. No. It's no. pretty straightforward. And you say, well, it's the preseason. Well, they look, wanted folks, to do something last night. They, yes, he they kept sure saying, did. like, they we, need to, we want to go pace. Yeah. yeah. Then you brought to my attention the center's comment back to him on Monday morning quarterback. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know this, but I guess their center, and it's in Monday morning, Monday morning quarterback on Peter King's column, so it must be yeah. true. But he said something well, to quoted, the event yeah. of when, when Urban Meyer said we need to have more pace, he said, <laughs> basically, relax. It's just the preseason. Yeah, that's what I he would said. Have he put his arm around Urban and said, relax, it's just the preseason. This is everything that we thought could be tr- uh, red flags for Coach. But see, that's the culture you're trying to eliminate. Because if It is, like, but that's I also the reality that's the NFL of the culture. It is, but it's not every, it's not every reality. Do you think no, someone would say that to no. Bill Belichick? No, I don't. No, and I don't, I don't. think somebody so would say I that think to Kevin Stefanski either. And I think so deep it, down, those are the guys like... Different. I'm sure Urban laughed because it's kind of like new, and I'm sure he smiled. And, but in the back of his mind, he's got to be thinking, "That's the that attitude guy. I want out of here." <laughs> I got to cut that guy. I got to get a new setter. I got to cut him. I got to fire him quickly. I got to send him packing. I got to, you know, yeah. like right. Am yeah. I? I, yeah. I watched last night, and um, I they're obviously they're not a good team. Um, you know, I we we if you go back to when we were talking about him this working, and we called this early that he was going to go to Jacksonville. Like this was obviously yeah. the place, you know, with Lawrence, with their young guys on the outside, and some of the young skill guys they have, a lot of cap room, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so this was going to be the place where he was going to go. But we, if you go back and listen to our shows, what did we say? The coordinator hires are going to be the key. Yeah. That's going to be the key is yep. the coordinator hires, and he's yep. going to have to crush those, and then he's going to have to crush the draft. Yep. And you see the injury to Travis Etienne, yep. who is – you look at them and you say, you had James Robinson. What Did you need Travis Etienne? Is Travis Etienne – I wonder Etienne, when Etienne got hurt last night because I was watching – It took a long I, time for him to play. I had it on, but I saw – which maybe leads me to believe that maybe Etienne had a tweak during the week and they wanted to see if he could go. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, why would – if you draft Etienne in the first round – I saw Robinson, Robinson, Robinson. Then I saw Hyde, yeah. and then you saw Etienne. I'm like, why? Why would Hyde go in there before? Sure. It was just, um, and then it, it led you to your fear of if you're just drafting a a jet sweep, bubble screen, third down back. He wanted Kadarius Tony. He said it Kadarius Tony after know. the draft that the Giants yeah. took their guy. I it it, it it the the from my view, it looks like they panicked and took Etienne. 
yeah. because he's the closest to that, or they thought he was the closest to it. So, look, it's going to be a long year. Yeah. And and how Coach handles it is fascinating to me. Yeah. Because I, I, I just don't know if he knew everything he was in for here. Yeah. And it, it there, the NFL, there are no quick fixes. No. There aren't quick fixes. You no. can't just go get guys. No. You know what? And and the roster is what the roster is. And you yep. can't just go sort it out. Like, their offensive line is going to be a big problem. No, it's a marathon. I, it's a marathon. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's over years. Is, it's over years that you yeah. have yeah. that it takes you to do it. There's no quick There's no quick fix with it. And you got to hit yeah. on a lot of things. you got to hit on your free agent signings. you got to hit on your draft. Mm-hmm. you got to make sure that you're developing guys in your, in your program that are there. Yep. So there's a lot of layers to it that it's so much more difficult in college, especially for someone like Urban, who's a supernova as a recruiter. Right. Urban, imagine how satisfying it was his first recruiting class here when he had a top five recruiting class, grabbed Noah Spence, yeah. best defensive end in that class, and he knew him a week. Yeah. Got him. To, you can't do that. Right. In the league. Right. So those adjustments, I think, are going to be. You can't even recruit. You, you heard his frustration in his voice. You can't even recruit free agents because no. the deals are signed before visiting. This isn't before back visiting. in the '90s or the early 2000s yeah. when Where you guys were like, you know what? I want to see what the the, the setup is like. Yeah. I want to see like he keeps talking about, and the Jaguars' new facility is going to be incredible. It's incredible when you look at the sure. renderings and all. Like it's insane the setup that they have down there. But will he, he be there to, be to, to see it? People aren't going to go see it, right? You know, like if it takes five years to build it, will he be the guy right. that oversees it? Right. You know, he's the guy that's built. That's his name's going to be part of the guy who builds it. But will he be there yep. to see it? So, right. um, I tell you what. And then you lose. You lose. You take the biggest. When I saw Trevor Lawrence take off running, I just mm-hmm. went, "Oh God! Oh, what are you doing, kid?" And the shot he took low the shot too. He took I was like, low "Please on that no, knee. just get up, get up, get up." Yeah. Yeah. There's- Watch out for CJ Beathard, man. Yeah, <laughs> he's coming. He's coming along, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to be hard. It it is going to be hard, it, and it's a tough. On the flip spot side, Jameis Winston looked really good, and I understand that Taysom Hill was with the twos, and they were talking on the telecast about how he was lamenting the fact that he basically made it seem like, basically made it seem like to the announcers, like I'm not going to be able to display what I have with the twos. Well, if you are that dude, if you're a franchise a quarterback, ego-maniac? ask Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has been throwing the twos most of his career for four like, years. He was yeah. And he sat for. I mean, I thought, my gosh, is Taysom Hill an egomaniac? I had, you know, you had no idea. Yeah. No, and Winston won the job. That's it. Mike yeah. Renner won the job us, last night. He was on with and... us last week, and he goes, "Well, one guy can throw and one can't, <laughs> and that's kind of it." Yeah. Right. Winston won the job, and um, yeah, I, I think that's that's all you need to know. And here's the thing: you're gonna see Taysom Hill still, but now yeah. Taysom Hill. Here's the hard thing for Taysom Hill: they're talking about how he re oriented his body to train more for the quarterback position, right? Yeah. Didn't get as bulky and mus- muscular. And the problem is now that he won't be the starter, Champagne's going to want to use him in that H-back role again, um, more likely yeah. than not. And then when you're in that role, and now you're not as strong training for that role, can you be as effective? So he's yeah. kind of like, it was a loose-lose there. The It was. And the, I'll, I'll say this, and we said it when he signed there, Jameis Winston going to the Saints was probably the smartest thing that he did in the history in his career. Of course, to go yep. learn under Breeze. You've talked before about Breeze's work habits, what yep. the preparation that Breeze did. You can't help but soak that in when you're Winston. Yep. Now that offense playing there, he's only 27. I I think you could make an argument. I saw somebody making this argument on Twitter, and I think they probably have it right that in between Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence, 
I would think that Winston was the consensus at the time of draft, the, the next guy. Yep. There wasn't yep. anybody who thought he wouldn't be great in college right. or in the yep. pros. He was consensus yep. number one. There wasn't any cons- conversation yep. about it. So now you got a 27-year-old who's thrown for 5,000 yards in a year. Mm-hmm. That arm, That's make right. all the throws. They may have hit the lottery. Yep. Like if you're I Michael Thomas, so. you might be like, hey, okay, we may have something so. here. Yeah, we may have something here. So no, I I thought it's one preseason game. Who knows? But but I did. I thought that was I thought that was pretty important. What happened there? You'll hear from Urban uh, coming up next. You'll hear from Coach Day at the bottom of the hour um, on the defense on the end of two a days and and where they are getting. We'll have a little Tuesdays with Tabari at nine forty eight NFC North and two a days in the ten o'clock hour. It's good to have you, bud. Good to have hey, you. Hey, I was here all along, all right? blame Don't blame me. Blame Greg. I'm not blaming Okay, you. I was connected. My thing said connected access right. one. Yeah. What else am I supposed to do? That's all you can do. Prepare and execute. That's it. It was really got- my idea to try Access 3. It wasn't even Chops' idea, you know? Well, it was my- I'm not surprised. Contingency yeah. upon contingency. That's, that's right. That's that's the way that you roll, my friend. That's right. Uh, in the we Apparently, we're going to have some sort of an alliance announcement today. Yeah. I'm of course, not optimistic. 2 p.m. <laughs> sure. Give the layup to Rothman and... and Matty Ice, even though Anthony's out, well, I think, all week. Give it to them. Don't I'll ever put anything. We can never have anything at 11 a.m. here never, Eastern. No. It's uh, always right at noon or 1. Yeah. I'm going to oh. tell you what. At 11 o'clock, I'm going to tell you what they're going to say at 2 o'clock. Oh, perfect. And I, I believe I have it. Nice. I, I'll be shocked if it's anything other than that. So, so we'll get to that. Talk a little Notre Dame, a little Cincinnati football as well. And those two, of course, play each other in the battle of the brotherhood there. Uh, so lots of fun on the program. Off and running on a Tuesday. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. The offseason is a myth. Serving you 24 hours a day, seven days a week to feed your sports addiction. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. The best, best in the Midwest. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. And you have already heard about the great deals you can have on those Tacomas, Tundras, Camrys, Corollas, you name it. Don't forget about Jermaine Toyota's Buying Center. Right now, they are paying top dollar for your car, truck, SUV, minivan, whatever you want to turn in. Even if you don't buy one of theirs, stop by Jermaine Toyota for a hassle-free, no-strings-attached offer today. Whether you're buying, trading in, or selling, make sure you visit my good friends at Jermaine Toyota, 5711 Scarborough Boulevard, or on the line, JermaineToyota.net. Here was Urban yesterday on the offense and still trying to sort it out. Here's Coach. Just got to keep swinging, man. We're going to swing. I just told them I'm looking for fighters and I'm looking for competitors. We will have a locker room full of competitors, and I I think we got a bunch of them. But I'm learning a lot about them, like they're learning a lot about us. Tavon Austin, I mean, I just love that guy. I mean, he's he's an energizer bunny for me. I'm just looking for that. I'm looking for guys that show that spark, show that energy. Man, you think about I was, as he was going through that in the second week in a row. I was confused Tavon why Tavon Austin. Austin was wearing number thirty-four. I thought there was two Tavon Austins. Honestly, I had no idea he was there. Well, he mentioned him last week. He came yeah. in on like two days and he made a play, and and he mentioned him last week in the in the presser. He's Tavon's this is great. The, Tavon will fight. I mean, Tavon's a competitor. He's yeah. awesome. Um, well, he's a dude too. I mean, that's not he can burn. Well, I mean, so he's that. So I mean, that yes. that helps. But they're obviously so. Here, let me just have, let me run this by you because the there's it's not a big secret that Urban relied upon Jimmy Johnson a great deal. Yeah. In in deciding to do this, 
it's it's not it shouldn't be forgotten and it should be pointed out that many of the things that the Jacksonville Jaguars have at the time of Urban taking the job are similar to the things that Jimmy Johnson had when he took over the Cowboys. He had a lot of they got a lot of picks. They have cap yeah. space. Yeah. Uh, they're picking number one overall at quarterback. There's a running back that's already on the roster. Although I think Jimmy took Emmett Smith. I don't. I don't think Emmett was already on the roster. Michael Irvin was already on the roster though. Um, and and I think all of those things. It's important that all of those things are pointed out. It's also important to point out that the NFL has changed a great deal from then to now, uh, and that Jimmy Johnson was his own general manager. Yep. In Dallas, and that Urban's working with Trent Baalke on that front. And that the NFL, by and large, at that time in the in the late '80s, it was a lot of family guys running teams. They didn't have analytics departments. They didn't have right. scouting departments the way that they had. They there were a lot of guys. The money wasn't what it was. A big reason that the Vikings did the Walker deal was not just because they thought that he they were a running back away from doing that deal. It was also because let's sell some tickets with Herschel yeah. Walker. Yep. Yep. Differently, it's different. It's apples and avocados, what it was and what it is now. Just is. So his challenge, he can do all of the things. He goes, I'm looking for guys. I want fighters. I want all this stuff. He can only do so much. Yeah. With that. That's it. He can only, he can only, I, I, I find it alarming. Not alarming. Well, maybe. The fact that he's saying he's looking for fighters. This is a preseason game number two with a new staff. Mm-hmm. Like everyone in that building should be a fighter. You're trying to make an impression on a new staff. Yeah, you know what I mean. There should be nobody assuming that they're just living the good life. Like you, every Greg Williams. One of the favorite things that he ever said to us was, "Every day is an interview. Yeah, you're either interviewing well or poorly. There's no in between. You know, you're either getting a pass or a fail." And you just got to hope that your passes are substantially outweigh your fails, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you make more money. So I think that that's uh, the fact that he's looking for guys who are just fighters. It's like, man, this is only this is preseason game two on a bad team. Like everyone should be fighting that way. The effort should not be even be a. It shouldn't be that way in the NFL anyway. Let's let's be honest. You're getting paid yeah. to play football. Your effort should be there. But Especially with a new coach, there's always juice. Yes, that's what coach. I'm saying. There should be juice. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. You're always you, any. It does anytime there's a coaching change. There's there's energy, and yeah. and I've been around some brutal brutal Browns teams. Yeah, but that still believe that they that they were that this was the year they're going to make a run. Yep, and it happens in camp. Yep. Right in camp, you can almost be talked into anything. You're with everybody so much, you can almost be talked into it. His his success, this will be the hard, the hardest thing for him. We've talked about this a lot. His success will be: is Trevor Lawrence better at the end of this year than he is at the beginning, and does he stay upright? Mm. Not wins and losses, and that's he's Urban's binary. Yeah. Did I win or did I lose? Everything he does does is four to six, A to B, comp, compete, yep. compete, compete. Yep. Who's a winner? Who's a loser? Yep. He's going to lose a lot. Yep. So he's going to have to deal with that while seeing the big picture of I got to get some more dogs in here. Offensively, I don't know that these these guys are the are the fit for what I want to do. I, yep. I don't my hunch is they're not. I thought that when they hired him. Um and and then at and then Lawrence. All that matters is Trevor Lawrence this year for them. That's it. That's it. Can he All grow? Will he stay healthy? There's not even a wins and loss. No number you need out there. It's do you see irrelevant growth in Trevor Lawrence from week one to week 
game 17, week right. 18, right? There's 18 weeks total because of bye, and there's really seven. I'm confused. Um, game one to game 17, is there growth, and is he healthy? Yeah. Do you find out? I mean, you saw last night, and I thought Greasy did a nice job pointing it out. They just turned into they just turned into straight backyard ball for a while. Mm-hmm. Like Trevor, you know, with the scramble, uh, with the, you know, re- kind of reversing out of the pocket, rolling to his left, almost through a pick. He yeah. was just, they were just trying to get him. How many times? About hoping that he doesn't lose his confidence. How many times did you see them scheme something for him easy? Mm-hmm. And he wasn't great, by the way. Lawrence was not great. But But how many times did you see them? Look at even the play that, play that Nagy's used in back-to-back weeks with Fields, where it's a play action to the right. He rolls out. He, he takes the, the, the action to the left and then throws back across his body to the right, where it allows for two reads. The guy right in front of me and the guy breaking down on the opposite sideline. It's a play that we use all the time. My guess is that's why it's probably in the playbook for the Bears. But I, I didn't see much in terms of making it easy for Trevor. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't see a whole lot of that. I didn't see a lot of getting him out of the pocket, letting him right. clarify his reads. Yep. It was pretty much drop, read, throw, and the protection's yep. tough. Yep. And you can tell he's you know drinking through a fire hose a little bit right now. And it, is, it is. It um, is. How many times do we talk about situation with these rookie yep. quarterbacks? Oh gosh, it's all that matters. It's all that matters. It's all that matters. Yeah. Situation, development. Do you trust the staff? Is the staff scheming you up? And then you got to make the throws when they're there for you. Yep. To Jameis Winston's credit, Sean Payton schemed up some nice things. But when you look at when Jameis, like, those guys weren't open by five yards. No. Like, when you look at Jameis, he was delivering, like, the touchdown, the first touchdown pass, incredible catch. But the defense was there. Like, oh, Jacksonville's yeah. defense was there. The backside corner, you know, let go of the the, the over route and climbed to replace the safety who took over the deep over route. Some yep. very good stuff there. Um, they don't do that on Madden. Um, no, no. But, you know, he, he gets deep, and Jameis lets that thing go when the receiver's still at, like, the 30-yard line. Yep. You know, like, it's anticipation. The second touchdown pass, same thing. Puts the ball perfectly. So, coach will draw it up. They'll scheme you up. But you got to still deliver the throw. So, I'm not saying talent doesn't matter, but... You gotta help. You gotta help the guys out as well. Yeah, absolutely do. Talent not going to be a problem at Urban's old place. We're loaded. Ryan Day addressed the defense. Addressed the end of two days. You'll hear from him coming up next. Bishman Laurinaitis right here on the fan. Here's a listener tweet: Are men and bones stupid in real life? Yes, yes they are. Common man and T Bone. Weekdays from three to six. The fan. It's Bishop and Laurinaitis' is What's Up? What's up, man? So Sponsored by your Central Ohio Honda dealers. All right, here's what's up on a Tuesday. Ryan Day addressing the media yesterday on his Buckeyes. We are 10 days, well, less than that now, out from playing a game uh, that matters at Minnesota on Thursday night, a week from Thursday. Here's Coach Day on if his team is ready to play. I always want more time to get ready, so I, w- I would be nervous. But I-, I think I think we have a chance to have a good team. I do. I think that we have some veteran guys. I'm, I'm pleased with where we're at in a lot of areas. And now it's just a matter of how well can we prepare for the first game and sort things out. But, um, yeah, if you said we had to play a game, I already got a little nervous right there because, you know, there's so much that has to get organized in terms of game planning and preparing the team uh, to execute the game plan. And, and we're not quite there yet, but, but we're getting there. Yeah, certainly are. Um, mm-hmm. I do think it helps him um, with how we open. Thursday night, Minnesota, that helps. It helps um, grab their attention. 
Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Yep. And then Oregon 10 days later. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's it. I think you open in the old days, it's, it's tough and probably getting tougher. Um, but I think that, that opening the way that, that they open is going to be an attention getter. It, when you're at this point, when does, when do you start? When is, is camp over in Ryan Day's mind? Is, is, in my mind, I guess I think, all right, as soon as he names the starter, now we're playing, now we're, now let's get ready for Minnesota. Is that, um, or no? Yeah, I think with the game being a week from Thursday, I'm sure they're already like they're out of camp mode and they're in their preparation mode. Yeah, they'll they'll still evaluate some battles and they'll still have good on good until probably Thursday, and then they'll jump into a normal a normal game mode. Yeah, it, and it's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, it's a long season. There's kind of two kind of ebbs and flows with it. There is this incredible sense of urgency with the start. With Minnesota and Oregon, and then there's, I mean, we're radio guys. They're not talking about this over there, but in the back of their head, they have to be thinking like this. I'm sure a little bit if they're honest with themselves. We got a couple of kind of almost preseason games after that because you're not going to be tested. Yeah, you're not. So you've got these big tests right away, and I'd argue the two biggest tests you play with it. Penn State's there too. Penn, I don't want to. Sometimes I think I've, I don't give them enough credit for the dudes they have, and I got to be yeah. better about that. They've yeah. got dudes. Yeah. Um, and they've got players. And so Penn State's, you know, that's that's a team you better bring it for. Um, but I think the toughest two-game stretch is right now. It's it's how you start. And and then you kind of get a kind of get a feeling out process. So when you think about the positions up for up for battle in terms of starting playing time, yeah. that's yeah. that's got to be wrapped up pretty soon, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so because once you get to they're already sprinkling in Minnesota. That's the benefit of, you know, having a first a first week thing, um, you know, here in the training camp, you always sprinkle in about 10 days before, right? So they're already sprinkling in Minnesota stuff, and they may have been doing that even beforehand, Where whether it's a period or just like an introduction or a walkthrough, hey, this is what the ghosts like to do kind of thing. They'll they'll flip to their normal week routine starting Thursday yeah. where you're like, hey, this is the rhythm we're going to have. Um, we won't really be able to operate in a normal after the Minnesota game because of Oregon will be a 10-day kind of thing, but you get the point, right? There will be a natural rhythm to the week and, and your study habits. Um, these are challenging because you want to take advantage of the extra few days of preparation, but you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to paralysis by analysis either. These first two weeks, um, I always had a, a, a solid rhythm, you know, when you – when you go through a week of, hey, you know, I like to watch the film of what the team does really well. Um, like, for instance, if we're going to practice first and second down run and then play action pass and all that stuff, bootlegs, uh, I'm going to yeah. watch that whole cut up the day before, right? And then a couple games. Um, if the next practice after that is third down or whatever, I'm going to watch all their third down, you know, third and one to two, third and, you know, three to five, third and, you know, six plus, kind of like get get an idea of what their tendency are, tendencies are and all those things. And so that's where I'm at with it. Um, and and you try to kind of stay one day ahead and then you kind of recap at the end of the week with a couple of games. So it's hard when you have 10 days because that's not in your, you know, normal six-day yeah. rhythm to, to prepare. Um but you can you can overdo it, and you can also underdo it to where you're like, oh, I have more time, I have more time, I have more time. And next thing you know, you look up and the game's three days away, and you're like, what have I, what have I done with all this time? You know? <laughs> you yeah, know? they so, can kind of do it two weeks in a row, though, right? With the ten day. Yeah, prep. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The first so two weeks will be a little, yeah. a little difficult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and I would think for Oregon, it would be very similar to how they're going to do 
Minnesota this week um, that that you could kind of play them you know very similarly if it goes well you know at Minnesota a week from Thursday so yeah, yeah I mean it's it's getting there we're getting there certainly and we look forward to seeing this team uh, on the field and see what it's all about uh, Dom Tiberi's been here for a lot of these openers uh, for the Buckeyes forty of them in fact he's been a cha- by the way he was on last Tuesday with us he didn't even tell us it was fortieth anniversary of Channel Ten. It's a bad job out of him. I mean, it's a terrible job out of him. It's a terrible. It's really, job it's selfish yeah. on his yeah. part. So, but so we'll talk to him about that. We just want to celebrate next. you, Tommy. That's right. <laughs> Tuesdays with Tiberi up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis is right here. Yeah. The first and the best. Your home for all things Buckeyes, Jackets, and former linebackers making inappropriate innuendo. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. It's first Friday somewhere. That's a big sense of freedom. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. It's time to head out on the Brian Eady Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. It is Tuesday, so we'll chat with Uncle Dom Tiberi. By the way, I got a big problem with you, pal. You're on with us last yeah. Tuesday, mm. right? Yeah. On the 40th yeah. anniversary of yeah. your start at Channel 10, and you don't even you don't even tell us about it. I got to see it on social media later that afternoon. We could have what what happened? I thought we were friends. Well, I mean, what am I going to do? I mean, you know, come on, it's just 40 years. Come on. 40 years? It's a run, brother. You think I'll ever get paroled? No. It's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. Dom, I'm, do? I'm wondering. It's been, it's um, been fun. Um, yeah, that's a great way. Hey, Dom Tiberi sums up his 40 years. It's been fun. Um, I'm, <laughs> 40 years. I cannot Therese, imagine all the shenanigans no he's gotten into. What he used to do in the 80s. The man swam with mermaids. He was on. What, what I don't believe things? that because he doesn't go in the ocean. Well, he did. I've seen the video evidence. I saw him on. Oh, yeah. He was out at. Uh, you were out at Sayada Downs yeah. on the back yeah. of a, a sulky, right? Is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I did all that. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I, uh, the, the the greatest was when I uh, fought uh, uh, Omar in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> See, <laughs> Dom, I'm wondering. Um, did you watch last night with with herbs and uh, yeah, the Jaguars? Yeah, yeah, I did. It was, you know, and and God, you know, Twitter is the wild west, guys. And I've been looking, and it, <laughs> you can't it, go it, on there, Dom. You can't go on there. Oh, oh my God! Well, I got a guy that just banned me from. Tw- I'm not allowed to cover sports because I uh, support <laughs> soccer. The guy just banned me because like, I, does he have know, the whatever. authority? Yeah, well, I don't know. He's uh, he's he's pretty. He's pretty <laughs> take a look. I, I gave him the old Godfather. What did I do to earn this disrespect? <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I watched it, and you know, it. Uh, God, they, they they had the camera all over Urban's face. They had the camera all over uh, Trevor Lawrence's face, and you know, people are you know, people are mean. But it's like I don't know, you know. It's, uh, I, I hope Urban's okay, but, uh, you know, that, it wasn't very, although the score was close at the end, it really wasn't close. You know what I'm saying? You well, watch you know it. him, you know him well, and, and, and you talk to him every week for the entire time he was here, uh, certainly in football season, got to know him well and, and knew him personally. James and I have always felt that he's prepared for everything, but I don't know if he's prepared for the losing. And I know you asked him about it when you went one on one with right. him in the spring, right? But I don't know that he his makeup allows for losing. I don't know. 
Well, you know, he went in there w- eyes wide open. You're talking about a football team that won what one game last year? Yeah, and uh, you know, they th- I thought they drafted well. I still think Trevor Lawrence is going to be an elite player. You don't want to get the kid hurt. Um, I think they're lacking maybe a, a somewhat in the offensive line. You know, you, uh, although Urban thought they did a little better protecting, but. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence is, I don't know that has he ever been hit like he was hit in these, no. in these first two games. And, uh, you know, well, he, he was by Sean Wade. It was called targeting. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's like, uh, you know, this is the national football league, you know, everybody's good. And the difference between the team that is the Super Bowl champions and the team that's, you know, going to finish in last place. There's not that big of a gap, you know, but but there's still that gap. And, yeah, Urban hates losing. I mean, hates it. I mean, you're talking about a guy that maybe lost once a year at Ohio State, and he he did not handle that well. And I had asked him going in, I said, how are you going to handle this? And he said, I'm going to have to train myself or whatever. And, you know, he says, I know I'm taking over a team that was 1-15. and but the, all 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 that uh, you know is is fine. But actually living through it with a guy that you know really hates losing as much as he does, and that's what makes him successful. I still think he'll be successful in the National Football League. But you know he he he's got some good people. I mean you know he's got some people that are mentoring him. Jimmy Johnson, you know, is a guy, and you know it, it's like Jimmy said, and and I heard Urban you know this summer when we were chatted. You know, the one thing that is diff- was different for him, you know, when, when you're at Ohio State, you can be around the guys every day. You can't do that in the National Football League. You know that, James. You, you guys are union members, and, you know, everything is, you know, it, it, it's, this is a business now. It is, it is a job. It is, it is how all these folks make money. And so, you know, and, and then, you know, the other thing is the clock's ticking, you know. But Dom, it, Dom, I... I I, wa- I saw all the stuff on Twitter, and boy, Twitter's twi- Twitter's harsh. It is, it is, Dom. I'm wondering though, when when you uh, like, you know him well, I, and when I watch them, I think, and I was talking to Bo about this. There's just not an offensive identity. Like when I think Urban Meyer, I think innovation. I think spreading it out, stretch it horizontally, vertically, tempo. And this is more of a Bevel slash Schottenheimer, who I played against Bevel when he was with the Seahawks, and I played Schottenheimer was our OC in St. Louis. Uh, for a few years, and I've played against Brian. That's West Coast. That's um, it's a methodical approach, but it's 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 not, definitely they don't mesh. And I think you're looking for an offensive identity. How how long can Urban stay patient? Because I know he wants to be the CEO kind of culture changer there. But how long before he gets fed up? And it's almost it's going to be too late for this season. But he gets fed up and says, you know what? No, I'm taking over the offense. Like I'm taking over this and I'm and I'm doing it my way versus leaning on these coordinators because I you can almost you could see it with the shots over and over the frustration building up and I can't I can't imagine he's gonna stay hands off if it continues to look like this. Well, but but James, the the other thing you got to keep in mind you 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 can only you you can't win the Kentucky Derby. You know, Secretary can win it, but Tony the Pony, you can't win with that horse. I'm sorry. And (laughs) just the way it is. And, you know, I think Urban's smart enough to realize that this is going to be a building building process. And you've got to get, you know, you've got to get the talent in there. Uh, You've got some key pieces, but you've got to, you know, 
in, in, in the National Football League, to me, the, the two most important positions are your is your quarterback, obviously, but offensive line. You've got to have an offensive line, and that's going to be a work in progress right now. You could, you could have whoever. I mean, it's, it's and until you get the pieces in place, you know, great players make great coaches, guys. You know, I mean, if I if I got James Laurinaitis playing linebacker for me, I might be a pretty good coach. I say, that damn Dom Tiberi can coach. Look at the way James Laurinaitis plays. You know, the the hardest part for Urban Dami is that unlike in college, he could go get the guys he wants. Right, he right. He can't right. get the guys so, he wants, so he's going to be relying upon a front office, a scouting staff, the draft to fall his yeah. way, free agency to fall his way. So this this will be the learning curve uh for him. Hey, buddy, I got to tell you, you are an institution. Uh I am I I am a, as big a congratulations as can be for 40 years. That's a tough business, brother. You know it, I know it. It's a tough business. Um and you've been at the top of it in this town for for 40 years, my friend. And and that's well, a major you know, you're, major you're, accomplishment. You, you know what, buddy? It's been a labor of love and you know I I, I mean this I have loved being on television in Columbus. I have loved working at Channel 10. You know, I, I thank the Wolf family for giving me the chance and, and Gene D'Angelo for giving me a chance. And, you know, but I, I worked with you. I love you. You're a brother of mine. And, you know, just, and, and, you know, I grew up here getting to yeah. cover guys like James and Ohio State. Shoot, you know, don't tell these guys. I hope no one's listening. I would have done this for nothing. And, <laughs> Because well, easy to say it, forty years later, Dommy, you know. Well, well, in the, well, in the, in the beginning, they pl- paid me in holy cards. So, it was, well, anyways, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it's been great, man. It's been, it's been a labor of love, and uh, you know, we're we're going to keep doing it for a while, and you know, what they, I feel good. Why not? Right? I love it. I love it. You're the best, buddy. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. All right, fellas. I'll see you. All right, little Tuesdays with uh, with Uncle Dom Tiberi uh, on a Tuesday edition. We hit two a days in the NFC North and some news out of Chicago where Justin Fields is concerned. We'll get to it coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Two men complaining about first world problems. You're not getting the point, kid. This, this is Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, second hour of the program. Continue with two a days in the NFC North, and that means a conversation on the Chicago Bears, and it's time. Did you know Matt Nagy listens to the show? He's a former Columbus Destroyers quarterback, so that's not surprising. But did you know he listened? No. He had free time. <laughs> he's got all this free time, so he was he's listening. Um, because to this morning, they announced that Justin Fields is going to start the, uh, the third and final preseason game, and that he's going to play two quarters, so he'll probably play until half, or what they usually try and do in those circumstances, they'll have him go out on a high, so they'll yeah. go out with a good drive. Don't misread the headline, right? I'm getting there. Okay. The reason I know, I know that Matt Nagy is the listening, people. the reason that Matt Nagy, I know Matt Nagy is listening to this show, is because what we said yesterday was what you should do, what you should have done, is yeah. only play fields in the preseason and not expose Andy Dalton to the preseason. Yes. This is for the preseason third game. Dalton's going to start the opener. Fine. Yep. They should have done this at the beginning. It would have saved him a lot of heartache. Yep. It would have saved. Yep. What Justin had to do Saturday after the game, it would have saved Andy, who's a pro and is a good dude but by all accounts. It would have yeah. saved him being booed in his own stadium. Mm-hmm. The idea that you're doing this, it's too late. You should have done it 
at the right. start of camp, this is what you should have done. Fields right. gets all the important snaps in preseason. Yep. Because we need him to grow, and these are important for him. But yep. Andy Dalton's our starting quarterback, and you'll see Andy Dalton in the opener. I think they're yep. at the Rams to open the season. That's where you'll see Andy Dalton. Yep. That's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, this is this is a little late because you've already seen yeah. it, but um, so now that you've already seen Andy, you could see Justin, you know, have a really good start. If Justin plays really well, it's just going to add to the pressure now. Yep. Um, it's what makes me nervous. You feel like Matt Nagy's just a step behind on everything right now. Yeah. But PR, how to handle it, the whole, you know, but um, this is what it should have done from the beginning. Like, if you didn't want to have any, don't let the people see Andy Dalton. Let them only see Justin Fields. Because even if Justin balls out, you could say, yeah, Justin's looked great, but, you know, so has Andy. You just haven't seen it, you know, because he hasn't been it. playing. Yeah. That's right. We know who Andy Dalton is. Yeah. And by the way, so do we. Of course we do. We, we all know, you know, what Andy is. I, I'm not entirely sure that in terms of what they're able to do right now, that Andy Dalton's better than Mitch Trubisky. Right. I don't know that he's better than Nick Foles. How about Mitch Trubisky having a nice day in Chicago? When he play, playing for when, when there must be something that happened. Brian Dable, when he interviews, it must not go well. But anybody who's been around him that I that I've talked to or who gets has better. played for, yeah, gets better and loves him. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So I knew Dable would take care of Trubisky. I yeah. thought he would if he could, if he had the ability to. I thought he would take care of him, and he did. Um, I do not understand. When you talk about the Bears, now, this is the crazy thing about the Bears. Nagy's actually been really successful there. He mm-hmm. was the NFL coach of the year. They made the playoffs last year. He's made the playoffs in two of his three years as the coach of the Bears. Yep. This ain't the Packers. They're not entitled right. to that. Right. But that's what he's done. So he has right. won. So for all that we got to fire Matt Nagy, well, he is winning. He is winning at yep. a decent clip. and 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 so there is... That's that's part of the reality of this. The Fields thing for Bears fans is, I grew up one. This this was the team of my youth. Mm-hmm. Why? Because of the Super Bowl shuffle. I saw it and I said, "Well, that's cool. I gotta like that team." My parents. Do you have video Steelers. proof of you doing it? I have audio proof. Honestly, the funny you ask that. My my grandma, God rest her soul, uh, recorded me on an audio like a a, a tape, like a tape. Of singing it. Like a record player? Like a vinyl? <laughs> no, a record. They used to have these things called tapes. I remember. And Trust me, it's how I played Jot Jams. Yeah. And you couldn't just say right. next song. No DVD, I mean, next I remember song. When, you Do you remember forward. when Seek came out? Like, hey, yeah. next track? That didn't. No, it's like fast Not forward. Right, right. You listen to the gibberish fast forward. And you're like, oh, no, I think this is, yep, this is the next one. This is the next yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. Pump, pump the jam. Pump right. it up. While you're, you know, that was my. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah, there is audio mixed, evidence of that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so that's, that's, that's the way it went. So that you have waited only forever. This is the worst organization in professional football for quarterback play. There really isn't. I mean, I suppose Lions would be second, but my God, you had Stafford. No, I think the stats say when you don't have over a 30 touchdown thrower and what, what was it? 4,000 yard thrower. You're the only team in the National Football League. No one in the history of the Chicago Bears has thrown for 30 touchdowns or 4,000 yards. Yeah. I mean, Jameis Winston's thrown for 30 interceptions. Yeah. I had no idea that Vinny Testaverde threw for 38 and then went on to play 17 more years. Right. 
A little Incredible. different league. A little different yeah. league. Um, so where they are now, Fields is this gift to them, and I'm sure that they are very protective. It's a high-pressure market from the sense of the way that you're covered. The media there is tough, um, but the, it is also probably the easiest NFL franchise to own because you're in the third largest city in America. It's a Bears town. It's a football town. Yeah. And winning or losing, they're going to sell, sell out a 60,000-seat stadium yeah. forever. Yeah. Forever they will. Yeah. And your value is – it's probably one of the most mismanaged franchises – in the NFL, in terms of from a profitability standpoint, and just the lack of winning is pretty stunning considering what they have at their disposal. There are more Chicago Bear Hall of Famers than any other team. Mm. They have the most. And mm. they, do, they, they do not have the Giants' success over the last 30 years. Yeah. And those, are the progr- those organizations are most similar in terms of longevity and, and greatness historically. Yeah. Bears haven't won one since 85. Yeah. It's you been know. a minute. It's yeah. been a minute. Yeah. It, and most of those years, they weren't even good. They right. weren't contenders. I shouldn't say weren't good. They were good plenty. I always had good defenses. But they weren't contenders. I don't know right. if they were ever – I know they played in a Super Bowl, but when Rex Grossman's your quarterback, how much can you do? Right. Yeah, that's a uh, – man, that is – they have been um, – bec- I think you get like a weird sense of – their defenses, even like watching them growing up, you know, watching the Vikings and then naturally playing them twice a year, like you knew their defense was going to be so stingy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, offensively, there's just nothing there. There's nothing. No. Like, there, there's been nothing there historically. So then you're in this position of they were all. They're always that team that I say you don't want to be, where they're barely making the playoffs because of their elite defense, but they don't have a guy that can. I mean, you just need a Trent Dilfer to like luck you into, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. make the one or two throws, and they just haven't had that guy, Rex no. Grossman. <laughs> Rex Grossman. Rex yeah. Grossman. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when they traded for Cutler. You said, "Well, they got oh my god, they finally yep, got they got a guy. They got their quarterback. They got yep. a quarterback. Yeah, and then that went the way, and he won, but just never in the playoffs yep. against the Packers. And there was always a limit to it. He was most yep. talented for sure. And you could also say bad had. luck, right? I mean, they're in the Absolutely. same division as Favre and Rodgers. Absolutely. You know, so. Just it's like been... similarly to the Vikings. Like, it just yeah. stinks that, you know, those guys get to go from Favre to Rodgers and the rest of the franchise in that division just search for quarterbacks forever. But the Lions don't have an excuse because they had Stafford. They had Stafford. Stafford yeah. and Megatron. Yeah. And I think that you'll see this year how good he is. We'll get to the Lions in a second. Um, all right. Let's hit the categories on the Chicago football Bears. Franchise grade for the Bears. Ah. <sighs> I'll put it at a B minus. You're in Chicago. You are the town. You've just underperformed. Like that the fact that you haven't been able to get a quarterback is frustrating. I'll go B minus. I'm gonna go C. This should be an A. This should, should be, be one of the best franchises in the NFL. Yeah. It should be one of the most valuable three franchises in the NFL. It's none yeah. of that. Uh, they've botched the stadium deal. The one they put down there, the spaceship on top of Soldier Field. Now they're talking about moving to the suburbs. Like, it's just really poorly run. Yep, it just is uh, for for everything that they have at their disposal. Perfect, perfect uniform, historical present, best representation of the. Chicago I mean, they like they, they just don't change. No, why would you? You know, so I think their classic home uniform is just it's beautiful. 
It's beautiful. It's blue over white. It's the wishbone white. sea. It's perfect. Yep. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's, it's, a, it's absolutely. And even it's funny when you have like tradition and you just say, we're not changing. It's Right. <laughs> there's something to that. There is something to it. It's kind of undefeated. Coolest all-time Chicago Bear. Oh, man. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. The one that I watched the most was probably Brian Urlacher. Mm-hmm. But his hair plug billboards all over Chicago Sad. make him not cool anymore. So, because I liked what he had going on. Yeah. I'm going to go, and this is a lot of because my father, he made me watch so many highlights of him, but it's sweetness. Yeah. Yeah, he was unbelievable. I mean, they have so many. So Walter. Back to For those kids, Walter Payton. Chops. Walter That's Payton. Who I'm was, talking about. Was Walter Payton. He, he was mine. Jim McMahon was was incredibly cool in, yeah. during that time. The Shades. Uh, Mike Singletary was incredibly cool. Richard Dent. I'll I don't give know you if he one. Was cool or just terrifying, but r- yeah, I, I give you one a little more recent. Devin Hester. Was oh yeah, really absolutely. Cool. I mean, yeah. he was. He was he gave, he was a, a the fuel on those teams with Erlacher and Briggs in that yeah. defense. Like he, he was How about so Charles Tillman, his ability to punch the yeah. ball out every single game. It felt like it did feel yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, it did. Play their grade. Oh, it's an A plus. Yeah. If you're the dude in Chicago, Illinois, the Bears, you run the town. Yeah, it's a good town to run. Dicka made it in Super Bowl Shuffle. You you still can't go anywhere there without anything. I mean, Dicka everywhere. That eighty-five Bears team, the way that they're treated, it's almost. It's, yeah. I think the most similar uh, thing is the Big Red Machine in Cincinnati. Yeah, like it's they're so, it's their their presence is omnipresent. It's there yep. always, and that's how yep. the eighty-five Bears are. If you win there, you're you walk on the waters of Lake Michigan for the rest of your life. Yeah, quarterback grade for the Bears. <sighs> I'm gonna go A minus. I got a lot. And this is Justin Fields. This is not yep. Andy Dalton. But I'm gonna go A minus. The potential is there. The only thing keeping it from an A is Nagy weather situation. But I've s i have know what he like we know what he is. So yeah. my I think it's A minus. I'm gonna go B for the trepidation you had. Organizational history. Is there stability yep. in front office and ownership in, in coaching? And then it's just a tough place to throw the ball. Yep. It is. I mean it's just tough. Yep. It should have domed it. Uh contender grade. Um, D minus, not this year. Yeah, not this uh, year. Look, I the NFC is so wide open, and they went eight and eight last year. Would yeah. I be surprised if they went nine and eight this year? No, but they're not going to win anything. So they're contenders no. to make the playoff. They get they still have a lot of really good players, and it's because it's of the fact that they're going the Dalton before Fields route. That means that there's going to be some losses in there before he finally pulls the trigger and puts yeah. Justin in. Yeah. So I just no. The Bears can peddle hope. The team we're going to do next, I don't know how you could. Uh, we will get into the Detroit Lions coming up next, and we'll have a little conversation about Justin Fields with the Bears expert at the bottom of the hour. Bishman Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Your home for the Buckeyes, Blue Jackets, and crew, and our sincere apologies for common men singing Creed songs. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Sports talk distilled to its purest form. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Well, Bishop here for my friends at Neighborhood Lender. Mortgage rates have plummeted, guys. They're the lows of the year, but your home value is at the highs of the year, and it's time to take advantage of the situation, and you can do so with my friends at Neighborhood Lender. You can refinance now with Neighborhood Lender. Pay zero closing costs. Even skip the next one or two house payments altogether. 
Neighborhood Lender makes refinancing easy. They're all digital, super fast platform. There's no paperwork, no junk fees, no big bank hassle. You can refinance now. You can snag the rate of your lifetime and lower your house payment with no closing costs or, and this is a pretty big or, you can get cash out of your home's equity. People are getting forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars out of their home. They're paying off debt, remodeling the kitchen, doing an outdoor project. You can do all of those things, but you need to act now. Get a better loan, get cash out, lower your payment, pay zero in closing costs, and skip your next house payment altogether. Call neighborhood lender six one four eight eight two loan six one four eight eight two loan neighborhoodlender.com six one four eight eight two loan equal housing lender NMLS six nine three four nine. Not all loans apply for no closing cost option subject to lender approval. The Detroit Lions. So this is this is kind of what I'm where I'm at with this. The Detroit Lions are attempting to do now what the Browns did, what the Jaguars did, what the Jets did. The tricky thing is is they they have Jared Goff. And I'm not sure why. Because I look at the rest of their roster. I actually feel yeah. bad for him. I look at the rest of their roster and they if if he weren't there, He's almost too competent for what they're trying to do. Yeah. You'd almost rather not. You'd rather, he's going to get you too many wins. Yeah, he's going to get you too many wins. Yeah. Yeah. He's, it's, it went too far on it. Yeah, he has deficiencies. But he also has produced at an incredibly high level in this league and quarterbacked a team to a Super Bowl. Yeah. He's not Grossman. Yeah. Like, he's, a, he's okay. He's a nice, he's a half- Top half of the league quarterback. He's ranked, you'd have me somewhere between 12 and 16. Yeah. And I think he's too good for what they're trying to do. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. They got, they got too many pieces that you can say, I can see them winning some football games. Yeah. And being too good for what they want to do. They want to build this thing for the long haul. Now, maybe, was it Brad Holmes, right? He was with me in St. Louis, their GM, mm-hmm. uh, came over from the Rams. But maybe he really does believe in Jared Goff. Maybe. Maybe we're just not taking him seriously, which I'm not, but maybe he does. Because what if they win, I don't know, seven games? Yeah. And now you're saying, we got build around Jared. We got build around Jared. Yep. Maybe the way that's the way they're looking at it. But when you look at their, their roster, um, it's not anything to... You know, I'll put it this way: there are worse rosters in the National Football there League. There sure are. Houston's. You know, uh, there's some well, others. No, yeah. GM of the year. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Jeez. You heard Spencer Tillman. I did. Yeah. Guy knows how to keep a job, right? He um, does. Yeah, smart. Smart man. When you are the <laughs> news, here, here's a little update for everybody. When you're watching these telecasts in the preseason, whenever it's not a national game, right? Like ESPN last night, right. they are produced by both teams' home markets. Yep. So, if you are a color analyst for the Houston Texans, you're paid by the Houston from the Houston Texans. That's so, right. say whatever outlandish stuff you want to, but make sure you keep your job with the Houston Texans, mm-hmm. right? Don't be yeah. that, keeping it real will get you fired mm-hmm. on some of those broadcasts, right? Um, so you got <laughs> got to be got to be smart with how you with how you handle it. But go ahead, go through the Lions, right? And you look at their offensive line, and you say, okay, Panay Sewell at tackle. Frank Ragnow was a first-round pick in 18. Taylor Decker in 16. Jonah Jackson at, Ruck- or, uh, at Ohio State played at Rutgers, too. Uh, so you have, a, you have a very formidable offensive line. TJ Hawkinson, Darren Fells. Play with Darren's brother. He's a good dude. Um, but TJ, stud, right? A lot of potential there. Um, 
so DeAndre Swift, what can can he stay healthy? Um, how about Jason Kabinda? Just going from LB to fullback. Anyway, make a way. But yeah, I mean they got Brockers on the D line. You got Jamie. Cull- so there's guys all over this roster to where you say, um, okay, I can see them winning winning some football games. Yeah. And so now it's going to put them in a weird situation. And maybe it's a win. I don't. I don't, I don't think it's a win win. But maybe they view it this way. I'm assuming Dan Campbell thinks this way, and and the front office and Spiels and all them. But if you win, if you're 500, then you say, okay, Jared Goff's got it. Like we can build around yeah, he's still him. Still young, for, 26, for right? 25. Yes, 26. but if he struggles, then yeah. you say, okay, we we don't have any long term connection to him, right? Like we traded yeah. for him. It's part of a deal. So maybe they're viewing it as a an either or. Um, but you're going to have to trust the people in the building to evaluate him the right way, right? Because if he's up and down and if he – how many years are you given from the Ford family to figure it out? You know, I'll you got to figure it out. I, th- I think Spielman's going to be nice in terms of the, the liaison between ownership and front office. Yeah. And I think John Dorsey, who's there, is actually in the perfect role for John Dorsey. John yeah. Dorsey's a scout. He's yeah. a damn good one. Much of the of the much of the talent that is on the current Browns was acquired or drafted by him. Yeah, these last two drafts, Andrew Barry crushed him. Free agency crushed him, no doubt. But the basis yep. of these Browns, it, Nick Chubb, Denzel Ward, Baker Mayfield, Dorsey. He's good. He's good. He, yep. He's a good scout, and that's yep. his, he's best in that role. And and he if they, if he has a big voice there, then I think they'll eventually get this thing right in terms of their draft. But it's tough. Let's hit the categories quickly on these guys. Uh, let's start with franchise grade. Oh, D. I go out. <laughs> I think it's the worst in the NFL, right? You know, and has been for a long, long time. Yeah, D. It's just it's bad. It's really bad. I just don't want to be disrespectful and say F. Yeah, but F's probably too much, but it's it's certainly D. below average. Yeah, yeah. Perfect uniform. Okay, so the Lions. Um, I'm, I'm trying to f- make sure I get the exact one right because the one that's popping into my mind. It's it's amazing how their their color scheme. I hate when they go black. By the way, yeah, I, I hate it. Hate it. I like their Thanksgiving. Yep. Nothing on the helmet. Seventy um, fifth anniversary throwback. Yes. With the Honolulu blue and the silver. Yes. Hat. Yeah, that is it. it. That's the one. I do yep. like the leaping line. I, I I think that's cool too. Um, yes, yeah, the logo's great. The logo's it's fine. Great. Yep. Yeah. Coolest all time Detroit Lion. Oh, Barry Sanders. Yep. What, 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 are we, what are we talking about? No reason to say anything more. There's for not the even kids for the kids. Yeah. Google. Do the Google. Uh, hit yep. the YouTube. Go down a wormhole. Play their Enjoy. grade in Detroit. Enjoy. <laughs> Play their grade. Uh, D minus because I. People, I think it was Bobby who told me that the, the meals actually get taken out of your check. So that automatically puts you at a D minus. Right. Yeah. And they just yeah. they just haven't. I mean, you, Calvin Johnson goes into the Hall of Fame. He doesn't even isn't even recognized going in as a lion. It's crazy. How, you know, the way that what, what some of the things that have happened there. Quarterback yeah. rate. Just a football player overall. Uh, yeah. Jared Goff, I'll go C minus. I just don't know. I don't know. Was it Sean McVay? Was it Goff? Did they give up on Goff too soon? I'm going to go C minus. I'll go B minus there. I'll give him a little more credit um, than just just slightly more. Contender grade for the Lions. Oh, F. F? Yeah, D minus. There's F. no chance. I don't I'm sorry. That. There's no chance. I'm sorry, Lions fans, if, if any of y'all listen. There aren't many. <laughs> there aren't many of them. You're right. Patrick Finley will will join us next on the division and on Justin Fields and the Bears. He covers the Bears for the Sun-Times. He's up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. 
We know you're listening to The Fan on Saturday, and now you have no reason not to listen on Sunday. Your Central Ohio home for the Browns, The Fan. A linebacker and a man of leisure. This doesn't even make sense. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Well, Bishop James Laurinaitis with you here on a Tuesday edition of the program. Going around the NFC North, Chicago and Detroit. But the emphasis, of course, on Chicago, where our guy Justin Fields is. And for perspective, we're joined on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline by Patrick Finley. Covers the Bears for the Sun-Times. Patrick, thank you so much for taking the time. I got all excited. I saw today Justin Fields going to start, saw the headline, and then read the rest of it. And actually thought, boy, I wonder why they didn't do that the whole time. Why did they expose Andy Dalton to the preseason? Why not just let Justin have all the snaps? And could they have avoided some of the hullabaloo that's taken place over the last couple of weeks? Where do you sit on their handling of fields? I, I think that I'm not surprised he's going to start on uh, Saturday. I'm also not surprised in the least that Andy Dalton's going to be the week one starter. This is something they have said since the minute that they drafted fields and that they're going to stick with it. As far as Dalton, I mean, he's been doing this for so long that you think he doesn't need the preseason work. Uh, and in that second game, he played the full half. The Bears wanted to see some momentum from him, some rhythm in their offense. It showed up once on a 73-yard touchdown pass and kind of never again. So they got the worst of, two of uh, both worlds there. They uh, played Dalton. He didn't look great. And, you know, they played Fields. And in that first game, he was absolutely dynamic. And then last week, he didn't look great. So we get a second look at Fields, and Andy Dalton – you know, got the job for at least the first couple of weeks. Patrick, what do you think with the way they are? I don't like when coaches say there's no competition, right? Because I don't believe you can lie to the locker room. Do you feel that Coach Nagy is at risk of, I don't want, maybe it's losing credibility is too strong of a way to phrase it, but the guys in the locker room every day can see Who's going to help them win right now in this year? Do you think with the way field, and not just last game, you're right, I don't think either quarterback looked great last week, but just as the camp has gone on and the buzz around Justin, do you fear that, that Matt Nagy is, is losing a little credibility if he doesn't put Justin in sooner than later? Sooner than later, probably. Um, maybe not to start the season. You know, let me tell you a story about Allen Robinson. You know, he's Bears receiver. Uh, you know, one of the best dozen or so in the league. You know, the only quarterbacks he's ever really played with uh, are Chicago Bears and Jacksonville Jaguars. So, uh, you, know, you know, that list is not very distinguished. You know, 10 days into camp, he told us a story about Andy Dalton on a deep cross, just putting the ball exactly where it needed to be and, you know, where only he could catch it and, and you know, looking away subtly to get the safety off. You know, this you know, very basic stuff that any veteran quarterback would do well. And then it occurs to you that Allen Robinson's never played with a guy like that before, ever. Um, you know, so there is value to Dalton, and the guys see it. You know, this isn't Justin Fields in the landslide by any stretch in terms of this quarterback competition. But they all admit that Fields is special and that he does some things that they can't do otherwise. Does Matt run the risk of losing the locker room? Maybe if the stretch is on for too long. But, you know, I don't think where we sit right now, this is you know, going to be an issue beyond probably week four or five. Patrick, one of the things that, that we talked about when we were trying to you know, navigate a place for Justin to land is is make sure you're in a place that takes care of you. And it does seem like their intent over there is to take care of him and not put him in a position to fail. And that can happen. Uh, we've seen it. You can you can quickly fail based on the position that you're put in by the by the organization. And it seems like they they certainly have his best interest. But I, I guess the question I would have is how firm is the ground with which Matt Nagy stands in terms of his role in the organization? If he's if they take a big step back this year, 
uh, the ground that he's standing on and the ground that general manager Ryan Pace is standing on is not very firm at all. Uh, the counterpoint is this. The one thing in the world that Matt Nagy has done better than anybody else, maybe than anybody has ever done, is develop Patrick Mahomes in that redshirt year that Mahomes took after he was picked. Um, you know, they are trusting Matt to do something similar with Justin. And because of that, that may buy Matt a little bit more time than you'd think. You know, if, you know, if the Bears are just okay this season, but Fields comes in mid-year, and it's clear that he's been coached up the right way, and it's clear that he's been put on the right path by Matt Nagy, I don't know how you can fire him. Patrick, how do you balance that? Like, how do you balance, you know, like, honestly, like, I'm trying to think back of all the reps that we used to do in practice, and and you're like, I understand that the twos get some reps, but if there's eight in a period, right, it's like six and two, and you're trying to keep Andy going to you where you you win now for your guys in that room, but also we want Justin to get looks and I'm just, it just seems like a a tall task, doesn't it, for for Coach Nagy to have these two balancing acts? Yeah, it's a million-dollar question, and I think Matt may have even used that phrase on Saturday when talking about the balance that they've got to strike here. And, you know, it's, I try to think of it like parallel paths, you know, like two trains going at the same time, whatever that old math problem was, you know. Uh, that you know They want Andy because they think Andy gives them the best chance to win today and tomorrow, maybe not two months from now, but, you know, maybe up to that point. And they also want to bring Justin along, and that's really hard to do. Uh, you know, when you look at the snap distribution out here at practice, you know, it's, you know, they're giving Justin extra snaps here, but it's with the twos and the threes. So, you know, and then he, when he's playing in the preseason games, he's playing with twos and threes. You know, uh, when he ran out on the field on Saturday to start the second half, Justin had five linemen blocking for him who had a combined one NFL start in their careers. That's probably not fair to Justin, and it's probably dangerous. But it's, you know, kind of, you know, it's where they are with him right now. To your point, if Justin had been getting starter snaps all camp uh, and, you know, if Andy Dalton weren't here or if you know, Nick Foles was the backup or whatever, then I think you'd get a truer look at what Dalton can do. But, you know, it, that's not the path the Bears have taken. And part of the reason that's not the path they took is because they didn't know that they'd get Justin Fields. I mean, they signed Andy Dalton in March, you know, and told him he was the starter in part because at the time one of those quarterbacks falling to them in the draft seemed somewhat ludicrous. And they were thrilled that they got Justin Fields when they did, and they thought that having Dalton would give them a little bit more of a runway to make sure that Justin's pointing in the right direction. Patrick, admittedly, I've never lived in Chicago, been there a bunch of times, uh, loved the Bears as a kid. I've always felt that it was a Bears town above all else, that it, the rest was kind of split, but my perception was always that it's, it's, it's a Bears town. It's a football town. That's what it does. I think the 85 Bears and just their continued popularity just loom over that town. So to that end... Where does Justin Fields' popularity in that town right now land him on that list? Well, it helps when the Cubs trade all their good players. <laughs> moved him up a couple, moved him up a couple of spots when Baez and Rizzo and Bryant got dealt away. He is in the top three right now, which yeah. is pretty amazing. Uh, you know, when you consider that he's never played a down, you know, there was some stat in the first month after the draft. I think of the top five highest selling jerseys uh, in the NFL three were Justin Fields jerseys, you know, the blue, the white, and the really ugly right. orange that they wear. Um, so, you know, that's, that's connecting, you know, and right now, you know, you could argue that maybe the only athletes more popular than him are Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tate in town or Tim Anderson. And, you know, and, you know, there's a whole percentage of, you know, the population and, and certainly the population in Chicago that, you know, a Chicago Blackhawks player could walk in the room and you wouldn't know who they were.
you know, it's, a, it's still a, somewhat of a niche thing. So, yeah, I mean, he is the most popular, you know, the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy in town. But in this case, the most popular guy in town is also the most popular guy in town, if that makes sense. Yeah. Patrick, take us around real quick, the North, and, and, and obviously where do the Bears fit in it at the end of the day this year, kind of the balance of power uh, as things are very interesting in, in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, even though he is there, it still seems like he just will continue to be extremely blunt. I can't wait until there's some kind of disconnect midseason and he just decides, you know what, I'm just going to keep being brutally honest in postgame and, and tear apart play calls. Which is, what is the layout of the land in, in your view of the NFC North this year? The, the Bears are very excited to see um, if this Packers thing just turns into a... a <laughs> I'm sure they are. ...into a dumpster fire. And, you know, we joked, you know, before... Rodgers actually reported that, you know, if the Packers traded him, you know, if I were George Mutaski, the chairman of the Bears, I would go up and offer to drive Rodgers to the airport myself. Like, <laughs> like the, the Bears were really excited to get him the heck away from them. Uh, yeah, you know, you look at the Packers, they're obviously uh, the class of, of the division. You look at the Lions, you know, <laughs> you know, if the Lions win three or four games, I'll be surprised. And then, you know, the Vikings, this whole, you know, quarterback vaccination thing, I, I, I think really has a chance to, to screw up their season. And I think Mike Zimmer knows that. And you hear the comments that he's given throughout training camp about just how precarious the whole thing is if their entire quarterback room goes down. Um, you know, you know, health may, you know, health is always important in football, but that very specific thing may be what swings their season. You know, the bears have been, you know, we're a playoff team last year, you know, eight and eight and they're in the right to go get their butts kicked by the saints in the playoffs. I think that, you know, nine and eight, eight, and nine, somewhere in there makes sense here again, but if it's that with Justin Fields ascending as the season ends, it's going to feel a whole lot better. It's going to feel like they're on the verge of something important. And uh, in that case, I think everybody would keep their jobs, and you run back this defense that's got some stars on it, and uh, you take your chances next year, hopefully with Aaron Rodgers, uh, somewhere far, far away. Right. <laughs> Certainly so. Patrick, excellent. This was great. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, anytime, guys. Thank you. All right, that's Patrick Finley. Covers the Bears for the Sun-Times on the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. We had Thing or Not a Thing up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Winners of the prestigious Platinum Microphone Award every year. Given to the best radio station in the world. Uh, no need to look it up. It's real. The Fan. A show that knows its limitations. You'll learn to control that. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, time for a little thing or not a thing. Chopper's here. Hit a chopper. Bishop and Laurenitis. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Geico Insurance. Let's get it going on a Tuesday. This from Jerry Dulock of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Now that the preseason is almost over, expect T.J. Watt to sign a contract extension shortly after the Carolina game that will make him the league's highest paid defensive player. Thing or not a thing. Uh, thing. Anytime you talk about highest paid defensive mm. player, uh, yeah. so, so that's certainly a thing. So both by the Watt, the way the Watt brothers could certainly buy a lot of Make things with all the money rain. that yep. those two have made. It's. I'm a little. If it is the highest paid, I'm curious what that contract looks like because Pittsburgh yeah. typically doesn't do that. Usually, they hope that you take a little bit of a hometown discount so they can spread it around. So I'll be curious to see what the guaranteed money is on that. I just want to troll Steelers fans. He's still not defensive player of the year. Sorry. Yep. Remember, I posted congrats to Aaron Donald. You would have thought I committed a, That's right. a capital sin. Still not. No. Sorry. Still belongs to AD. 
Dan Hope, thanks for uh, relaying the Buckeye uh, AP preseason All-American list. Chris Olave and Haskell Garrett are selected as first-team preseason All-Americans, while Garrett Wilson and Thera Munford earned second-team preseason All-American honors from the Associated Press. Thing or not a thing? Big thing. Because when you're on these watch lists, people watch you. That's the most important part of the watch list thing is the All-American thing. Yeah. The All-American, preseason All-American stuff. It's, the, it's important. The Buckets watch list is about 240 linebackers deep. But, you know, with the actual All-American, the preseason All-American lists are are super important. Yeah, you blows my watched. mind is that he was a coach's third team All-Big Ten last year. Olave? Haskell Garrett. Oh, Haskell, yeah. Mm-hmm. All-American, AP All-American, but a third team coaches That's All-Big right. Ten. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, maybe it's... There's going to be Buckeyes all over it, you know, all over these lists. But so, Iowa State I, actually had the most, I think. Iowa State and somebody else had the most preseason All-Americans. Really? It was Notre Dame and Iowa State each had yeah. six? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Notre Dame had a run. I think running back, uh, their safety is incredible. Yeah, Hamilton. Um, and then I think Iowa State had, was Brock Purdy like a second team or third team or something, Chops? Um, Probably I know they have a good linebacker, good middle linebacker, um, an old lineman. Anyway, no one's a cyclone expert here. Keep it moving. We'll see what happens week two. Via Austin Carp of Sports <laughs> Business Journal, HBO is averaging 295,000 viewers through the first two episodes of Hard Knocks in 2021 featuring the Dallas Cowboys. That's a 13% increase over last year's joint Rams-Chargers season with no exhibition games. It's also a 59% below the 719,000 average from the first two episodes in 2019 centering on the Raiders. Thing or not a thing? So mm. much of a thing that I want—I almost question the validity of the numbers. That they I would be everybody has HBO Max now, right? So, well, that's true. So, are they managing that? Like, I, I'm curious how this is. I would be very interested in total consumption. I have a hard time believing that a half, a, roughly a half million people lost from two years ago Raiders versus Cowboys and by the way the Cowboys are getting their stars their stars are on the episodes yeah their best people players don't care about it I don't, I don't know I, I'm I was I surprised wonder, by it too to me Maybe people don't like believe that anymore. they're not catching on they're not watching on they're not capturing the HBO Max audience that's my hunch yeah because it's too big of a drop I understand yeah. a drop like certainly like there's a novelty to it that's been around for a long time maybe it's wearing off okay fine um but I, that huge of a drop I think has to be, my hunch is it had to be tied to HBO Max. Yeah. I wonder if any of it is we get all of our insider information so fast. You know, like, do you really want to rewatch about last week's preseason game behind the scenes? And I don't know. I Well, to that end, many of these teams are producing their own. That's what I'm saying. They're producing their own behind things. the scene, their own interviews. Yeah. You're getting access so quick that do you really want to go back? I don't know. Michigan State's online roster now includes players' Twitter and Instagram handles. Thing or not a thing? Sure. I mean, not a thing to me. I, I th- they've been stuff like this has been going on for a while. I mean, this is all part of it. It's kind of standard. They've wanted now. this for a while. I remember meeting yeah. with Mark D'Antonio and him saying, "I had a backup like long snapper come tell me that he thinks that we could do a better job of promoting their Twitter handles." And you can just picture the disgust on Mark D'Antonio's face. But this is what they've wanted. Mel, just giving the people what they want up there. Two more for you. Browns kicker Cody Parkey was placed on the reserve slash injured list on Monday with a quad injury, ending their kicking competition. Thing or not a thing? Yeah, um, 
you know, he was really good in the postseason. I think he was 11 of 11 or 12 of 12 in the postseason last year for them um, and was pretty clutch, but also missed some extra points. And I think they liked what they were getting out of Chase McLaughlin. He, he had a 45-yarder Sunday in the preseason game, kind of against the wind. So I think they liked what they were getting out of him anyway. So um, it's, it's tough for Cody, but it was probably trending this way anyway. I was going to say, I think you would have the insight there. I'm surprised you're not there giving treatment to Cody right now. <laughs> need to chase <laughs> all right last one for you everson griffin says he's going to apologize for tweets that were not so great <laughs> about the vikings where he said kirk cousins uh, quote is ass after joining after rejoining the vikings <laughs> quote i'm just going to talk to kirk and apologize to him and have uh, a man-to-man conversation and we're going to leave it like that thing or not a thing thing uh, awkward thing what's and more it, awkward it, this or brockers basically saying I mean, we got a huge upgrade in Matt Stafford, and then they trade him to Detroit. Right. As well. Both awkward. I think this is, you know, as awkward. Both are very awkward. You go back to the fin- what Patrick Finley, who covers the Bears for the Sun-Times, I think there could be this could be a tough season for the Vikings uh, around Cousins. And, yeah. you know, some of the comments that he's made, his dad made, um, that that could be tough for some of the players to hear. We'll see. Um, but this kind of adds to that. So I, I think I, that'd Kirk be Cousins is still the only quarterback guaranteed, fully guaranteed contract. You know what I mean? Just all those man. checks cash. Do you feel like the Vikings? Do you feel like the Vikings feel like the, they're the Big Ten of last year? Hey, this is the future. We are going to set the new precedent of guaranteeing <laughs> contracts to quarterback, and no one else followed. Yeah, <laughs> I do. They, yeah, they're on an island a little bit, yeah. and then they're on an island with him. Yep. And it's weird because I don't even know. Well, we'll get into them tomorrow, but I don't even know. Like he's better than what they had. Yeah, but he's not good enough for what they want. So he's like forever in between. Look, it's the most. Like it's, it's, it's the season that confused all NFL teams when Nick Foles and Case Keenum were in the NFC title game because everyone thought that they were both the answer, and neither of them have been the answer since. Right. But everyone's like, well, but they both got to the title game. No one it confused the whole league. Yeah. Yeah, certainly did. All right, coming up at the top of the hour, uh, ACC Big Ten, Big 12, Alliance announcement coming at 2 o'clock. I'm going to tell you what's in that announcement. I bet I get it pretty close to word for word. I'd, I'd risk Bootsy on it, certainly. Uh, we will get into that coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. We like football. And if you like football, we highly encourage you to listen to Morning Juice. It's great. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9. The Fan. Bo is well-groomed. James brings the boom. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Hi, final hour here on a Tuesday. I have a little Notre Dame chat, a little group of five chat coming up uh, here at 1120. Pete Samson will join us at the bottom of the hour on the Fighting Irish. Um, talk briefly about the NFL as well, but as Timmy just mentioned there in the update, the, the kind of the big headline uh, for today for us is this ACC Big Ten Big uh, ACC Big Ten Pac-12 alliance? Okay, yeah. So uh, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Uh, Timmy said we don't know what's going to be said. Well, I do. I can tell you what's going to be said in it, and I, I bet a decent amount of your money on this. I, I would say that what you're going to hear at two o'clock. You mean a listener's money, right? Not my money. <laughs> All your money. No. What I would say is, what I would say is, what you're going to get is something to the effect of. These three great tradition-rich conferences are going to work together, walk hand-in-hand, to come up with a shared vision. You're going to hear a lot of phrases like that, a shared vision for the future of collegiate sports 
that will serve both our institutions and especially the student athletes. You're going to hear a lot of student athletes uh, that the student athletes will be key in this, yeah. um, and the, and you will get nothing else. You're not going to get a football plan. You're not going to get no. a football schedule. Uh, you're not going to get the real truth, as Bootsy would say. The yeah. real truth is what this is about is pretty straightforward. Let's consolidate our power so when it comes time for us to decide to do a 12-team playoff or not, we have enough power to hopefully counter the SEC's power. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yep. It's not about anything more. Yep. It's not about Ohio State playing USC every other year. It's not. Yep. Some of that will come, certainly. Uh, but by and large, it's about making sure they have a seat at the table and that they have consolidated power. They will vote together against the SEC if need be so that at least they can be on equal footing. In other words, it's taking three conferences acting together to counter what the SEC is in football. Yep. Yep. It's going to be a lot of we all are like-minded institutions. Oh, yeah. We all see things. It's more than just football and basketball. This is the for the betterment of all of our student athletes. We all have so much in common. Yep. The student Athlete. Academic growth of our stu- of our student athletes. You're gonna yep. hear stuff all like that. that. All yep. that. Yeah. All these that. One, these prideful universities and what yep. it all. It's all. And here's the thing. I pose this to you. Oh, gosh, Does it get him a seat? You at put that this table? on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Does it get him a seat at the table that's that's equal to the SEC if they all band together? If they refuse to schedule SEC and if they refuse to schedule Notre Dame. But if everything's still equal, like if you're Georgia and you can still go play Ohio State, but they just have this other scheduling alliance, huh? Look, it'll make it more exciting. Uh, look, as a as a person of the Big Ten Network, still, yeah. I'll welcome it. Sure, give me. It's different campuses to go to. You sure. know, like oh, well, you're gonna love that trip out to Boulder. Well, you know what? I don't thinking about it. They won't put us out to Boulder. I don't think because it'll just be a scheduling alliance. Usually Big Ten Network only broadcast games at Big Ten stadiums. Oh, Um, I see. You know, so unless, but if it's a scheduling alliance like that, there's only so many games that can go on ESPN, you know, one, two, plus the Ocho, you know, sooner or later you're running out of networks, you know, if you're going to try to put put eyeballs in all these. So, yeah, I I would assume it would have to change up and say, hey, maybe we can do BTN on the road. But, um Let me ask you a question. That's selfishly the only reason why I wanted them to add like Virginia and UNC and Notre Dame is cool campuses, better campuses than some others in conference that I will not name. Let me ask you this: You said this, and I agree with you. I think the two most significant things that they that this thing could have done are the two things that that you outlined. Pretty straightforward. We are not going to schedule the SEC. Yep. My hunch is the SEC would say, okay, okay. bye. <laughs> you exactly talked about Georgia say. playing Ohio okay. State. Georgia doesn't need to play Ohio State. We need right. to play Georgia. Right. We need to go to the South and play because we recruit down there. Right. Georgia doesn't need to play us. Right. You think Georgia – is it different to Georgia? Sure, there'd be juice us coming Although we don't Athens. play down there That's a whole cool. lot right now, and we recruit pretty well down there. I we think do. it's – That's true. I it's think true. it's the it's good brand – the brand and the fact that we are still winning and we have the tradition and we're there yeah. in the playoff. And now, I think last year helped, not the national title, but the fact that we whooped Clemson helped. Yeah. Um, well, so we there barely... you go, though, real quick. You, we, we are playing down there. 
It's true, just in the but it's in the playoff, right? So, right. as long as we yeah. still make the playoff, and I think really that's Notre Dame probably should be too. Like Notre Dame could take a huge step if they just beat a team in the playoff. Yeah, you know, if they beat a Clemson it's in the playoff point. and they were yeah. able to, and then all of a sudden the Southern kids are like, hold, hold on now, like they just, you know. So I think it's a, but for us, like a lot of our guys are coming from Washington, California, Arizona. We never yeah. play out there. Played no. in the Rose Bowl one time, you know. How so, much of that is? How much of that is what's happened in that league? A because, lot, a ton right? of it. Like those kids normally would be. How did three years ago five star quarterbacks leave L.A. and decide, That's or leave crazy. California and decide to yeah. go play in Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's it's an it's an incredible thing that has happened. Uh, the other thing you mentioned, um, and I still stand by the fact that I don't think Georgia needs to play Ohio State. It would be exciting for Ohio State to, yeah. to go down and play in Athens. That would be exciting. It would be a really tough ticket. It yeah. was cool when Clemson went and played at Notre Dame. Like, those are cool things. Yeah. Um, but they don't, they don't need it. Um, they, they don't need to play those teams. And, mm-hmm. and your point is valid. I don't know, but I think we sometimes get caught looking at it only through the prism of us. And as we should, this is where we continue to do a show. Right. I do think some of the other teams in our league, it benefits them to go down there and play. And, and yep. play in the South, and play in the West Coast, play you know in the Rose Bowl, those type of things. And, and that that's a little different conversation. The other part of it's Notre Dame. That's the other thing that this yep. thing could have done. This thing they have the power if they want to to force Notre Dame to a league by simply saying we won't schedule them. Yep. Yep. I don't, they won't, but they can. Yep. That. So that's if you're Notre Dame, I mean Notre Dame's made a, a good amount of money from NBC through the years. Mm-hmm. You can almost argue if they go to 12 teams, they have an easier path to the playoff. Sure. Um, they'll always be in it. Mm-hmm. And if they can just get a top seed, although they won't have a bye, they'll be able to host another game, so that actually gives them more money. More money. In stadium. So what is the ultimate? I don't know. I think so, Notre Dame's pretty stingy. Their fan base and their alumni is so prideful about the independent status goes that the only way that they can force them is if college football playoff is like, you don't get to play in the tourney unless you're in a conference. Yeah, and if they were forced to join, they would join the ACC. Yes, they would. They're not going to join the Big Ten. That, yes, that, they would. That goes back fielding Yost a hundred and some years. Yeah. Um, you know, the, they the like the one-time there. stand, the Big Ten. They don't want to marry the Big Ten. Absolutely. No question. So this, what, what this will be about, most especially, and it's pretty straightforward, is media rights organization. Okay, so this will be about the three of us together are going to, or have the ability to, negotiate the future media rights mm-hmm. for this for our three conferences and we may yep. do it together maybe we sell one big package to fox fox is this fox trying to say it might be all right sec you won't even sit down with us yeah we had a meeting scheduled in birmingham you canceled it two days before then you announced your espn yep. agreement for the cbs package you don't yep. even sit down with us you wouldn't give us a chance so, so we're going to try to sneak the acc out from under you slowly but surely we'll take some of your acc games and then eventually we're take everything try to take it all yeah so it's that it allows the other thing that it allows for on the media rights side of things is theoretically it would allow for if there is a 12 team playoff and i think this will put that on the back burner but if there is th- there would be enough teams represented here and enough conferences represented here that they could open that bidding to somebody other than espn if they wanted to yep so that that yep. again that brings fox into the picture that brings in even streaming services into the picture that haven't gotten into it yet that, that first allows- round of games can fox get a couple well espn will keep the fi- the final four but doesn't this even even open that up yeah a true bid true bid a true bid does it open that up mm-hmm. if there's not partnership here now that doesn't mean that well the sec these- wouldn't like that 
No. Because they are heavily wedded to ESPN. Right. And I, and I think, and I don't, I'll be very clear. I don't, I don't want to misconstrue. This doesn't necessarily mean that just because these three conferences are together that the, that the ESPN wouldn't do business with them. No, I agree. They would still want to. Of course, mm-hmm. they would want to do business with them. That, the beauty of college football is that it's a, it is a East Coast to West Coast sport. Yep. That it's regional, but it's yep. national. That's the beauty yep. of it. And, and ESPN is going to want to be, ESPN is going to want to be a part of that. And then this is about a college football playoff voice. That's what this is. Because my guess is when they saw Texas and Oklahoma, I talked about this. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. This is ESP, the SEC is going to change the narrative on what determines a successful season. Yep. And they're going to say, view it like the NFL. We may go eight and four, but we yep. went eight and four in our league. That's right. That's worthy of being the seven seed. Mm-hmm. And now you're in the dance. Nobody, those other teams that you're trying to compare us to, they schedule. couldn't go eight and four in our league. They didn't play our schedule. Yeah. It's the premier, it's kind of a mix between the Premier League in England with soccer, where these are, we, they're going to present it as here are the 14 best teams, or 16 best teams in college football. Mm-hmm. They're all here. This is the toughest of the tough. We play yep. nine of them. Maybe we play 10 conference games. They may play 10. And that that's more difficult than anything anybody else is doing, and we should be rewarded appropriately. And so what this alliance does is this counters their seat at the table in the playoff. Yep. That's what the attempt of it is. Yep. I don't know if it will be successful. I don't either, but, but I, hope I, I hope we get more out of this than just what we've basically made fun of, the the, the statement that we think is going to come out from this. I hope we get a little more. My, I, don't want, I'm, I know I'll be disappointed. Don't get your hopes up. I know. But my hope is anyway that we do, just for the sake of this is a um, – look, it's exciting. It will bring more exciting football games across the board. Like I, I don't know about you – when it comes to college football, I can watch a lot of average football games and still enjoy sure. it. When the, when it's the best. It was tough last year because there wasn't the pomp and circumstance of college football. The, fan, yeah. the, the fans being there, it being rowdy, it being out of control, those things are what make college football the absolute best. Mm-hmm. Is that there's 18, 19, 20-year-old kids out there trying to focus when there's just so much noise happening, right? Um could be a, a a random game, you know, in the AAC, and I would watch if the if the crowd was legit, you know, and just be like, oh man, this seems pretty cool. I wonder what it'd be like to play down there. And then my mind just goes into daydreaming, you know, as I'm watching ball. It's like a nice little warm blanket. Um, last year without fans, pretty tough because then it focuses so much on just the ball, and you're like, this is not good ball. But when you have all the other pomp and circumstances, you're like, man, I can't believe that dude just blew that coverage, or that yeah. guy just collided with so and so, and that went, you know, like there's so much random stuff that makes it so fun. Um, with the traditions and all that stuff around it. Um, as far as for, so for me, it's like, would I be interested in like a North Carolina, Wisconsin? You're damn right. Heck yeah. yeah. I'll be interested in, in some of the lower level games too. A Pitt, Penn state will be fun. We've seen those rivalries before. Pitt, Ohio state will be fun. Yeah. Uh, we can send, we can send a nice big, you know, L hat to, to Mark may all of that would be really enjoyable, but Florida um, state, Ohio state's cool. Of man. course. I mean, that's a cool of course. game. Miami yes. against USC is a cool game. Miami against Washington is yep. a cool game. There, there's some cool games out there. Yep. I hope that this, I hope that this means fewer conference games, fewer. Yes, all Big Ten games. I don't need to play nine Big Ten games. Let's go six and give mm-hmm. me three, two from the ACC, one from the Pac-12 every year, or flip yep. it. 
two from the Pac-12. One, let's play eight Alliance, nine Alliance games, or ten Alliance games. Yeah, and bring it back a little bit. Just play the teams in our division. Yep. yep. I mean, I I don't know. I'm open to a lot of it. My I'm open to a lot of it. I my expectation is very low. <laughs> yeah. Very very low. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be much, and I think. One of the things that they could really do is force Notre Dame's hand. We'll get into the Irish and the group of five. Certainly that Cincinnati and Notre Dame are going to take a majority of this conversation. We get into that next as we continue our college football preview. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. On air. Online. On the app. New methods of consumption. Same great radio taste. Take us with you everywhere. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. The classiest show on this station, which isn't saying much. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, we're going to talk a little Cincinnati and a little Notre Dame football here in a second. They play each other, so and it's the Brother Bowl, of course, for, for Marcus mm, and Luke. Or, father or and father son. Son. Yeah, sorry, prodigal father son. son. Prodigal yeah, son. Prodigal son. Yeah. Although, uh, I did son. see this How 20 minutes ago, though, and this is pretty remarkable. LSU football. LSU will require all Tiger Stadium guests 12 years of age or older to provide proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 PCR test taken within 72 hours prior to entry. At LSU. Mm. So Mm-mm-mm. I'm guessing that that will start a uh, a, lo- a row of dominoes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've discussed it. You know, I said. Talked about it a lot. I, th- I think I'm calling um, Ohio State Akron, and Shelly's like, we should bring the girls. I'm like, be prepared to show a negative test probably. She goes, have they announced that? I said, not yet, but there's no way they won't. Yeah. They're testing Ohio State students on Monday to go back to class and then acting like they couldn't get it on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It's just There's all these protocols in place that are, I understand you're trying to limit it, but some of them don't make sense. I mean, we had where did a, we see that? Was that yesterday at the Superdome where they had you had to either show proof of vaccination right. or negative PCR or you could get your first shot there? And I was like, well, wait a second. You're not fully inoculated until you have to have two, and it's a couple weeks after the second And it's two weeks after the second. Yeah. And beyond that. Things don't... But the first vax, apparently, you know, we don't need to get into all that. But but I just thought, well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, like our neighbor behind us, like, they thought they had a... They got word that their one child had a close contact at school. Mm -hmm. And so they were just all around their, you know, Greek family members. And so, you know, you can imagine a giant Greek family together. And so there's obviously there's a natural, and they're vaccinated, but there's a natural, oh man, like, okay, we all got to go get tested. And they all test the negative. One of their kids, their policy is, oh, negative, come back. The other one, no, stay home for seven days. What? Yeah. Why? He's negative. Got a negative right. test. He doesn't have it. Right. We'll stay home. Why? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot Unhealthy. of Unhealthy. Yeah. Anyway, so the policy is just, it's, I don't know. I, I, I just get a headache with them all, to be honest, and I just kind of roll with the punches. I know. do, too. At I the end of the day, it's like, if I want to go to Ohio State game and they want me to test negative, sure. Yeah. We'll test negative. Um, yeah, that's it. You're going to have those two options, and I think that, yeah. that is nothing official here yet, and we saw the Browns release their policy last week, and, and my view on all of that is is those po- policies that are released before three days before the game are worth exactly the same amount as the paper the fax is received. <laughs> right. No Nothing. No Nothing. Because this no is doubt. just going to change and change and change to yeah. the last minute. Um, all right. I understand. Look, massive crowds like that, too. Like, I guess in a Superdome, if someone, like, 
do you trust human beings to make a wise decision? You know what I mean? It has definitely recalibrated our thought process. With like, How many times as a parent have you said, oh, your kid has maybe a slight fever in the past or a snotty nose, and you say, give them some Tylenol or whatever. You know, yeah. They're fine. Um, they'll be fine. Yeah. They'll be fine. And then how many grown adults, like you got one set of tickets to a LSU game or to a Saints game, and you've had them for weeks and you're like, man, I haven't gone to a game ever. And then you so- all of a sudden you get a ru- like, you're a little run down, runny nose. You're like, I'm going. I've never been yeah. to a Saints game. I'm going. Right. They're trying to prevent that. Yeah. Um, but I, <laughs> anyway, I guess yeah. you, if, so if you had to go get a test, then anyway, I'm going to. Just going to be tricky that I'm surprised it came from that league first. I'm surprised it's, it's LSU doing it first. I am a little bit surprised by that. I am, too. I am too. Um, all right. Notre Dame and Cincinnati. Look, this is group of five in Notre Dame, but this is, these are the teams we're going to be paying attention to this year on the show because you have personal right. interest with these guys. We are all, always root for Luke Fickle down at Cincinnati, and now Marcus yeah. is a defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, and they just so happen to play each other. By yeah. the way, they're both pretty good. Yep. They're both pretty good teams, and they both are teams that could crash the playoff party. I think Notre Dame's quarterback issue has me a little more red flags than Cincinnati's. It... I don't know. Let me ask you this. You got to go back to probably Boise State to find a group of five that's in the spot that Cincinnati's in right now. Mm-hmm. It's all there for them. It's all there. It's all there. Look who they um, play. Look at their schedule. It's all yep. there. They're starting eighth. That matters. Yep. It's all there for them, man. Um, it is the, I, the key for them, don't you think? Is going to be. Can they? Can they have? Um, how do I word this? Can for for Cincinnati? Can Notre Dame and Indiana, who you both need to have strong, especially Indiana. Yeah. Like Notre Dame's at least a brand. Like they'll be ranked no matter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you feel like Notre Dame's gonna be ranked unless things go really bad for them. But can Indiana have a good have a good season? To where it can uplift you, because if Indiana has three losses, that doesn't do anything for you. That nope. win, yep. No, yep. they need they need Indiana and they need Notre Dame to be good. I think Notre Dame will be good, um, and and they need them both to be good. And if they're good and they go undefeated, I think there's a I think there's a very likely chance they're in the playoff. Mm-hmm. I do. Yep. Uh, they got NFL guys. They're gonna have that. That helps. All of that matters. They got a coach that people know that people respect. Um, they did not embarrass themselves last year against Georgia. Played very well in that game. Um, all of that matters. Yep, it's there. It's yep. there for Luke, and yep. and I think it's as good as any situation has been to make a run at this thing since Boise State. You remember where Boise had it at that? T- remember they were playing like Oregon to open the season in Boise. Yep. Like they did that. Like that. That's how Boise State got it for a while there. They they yep. opened the season. I want to say at against Florida State in Atlanta one year when Florida State had Jameis or just right after Jameis or right before Jameis, like in that window. Um, so that's what the, that's where they got it. They got that type of respect, and I think that's where Luke is. I think yep. That's where he is for the program. I think he's right there with it. And then it's just a matter of in terms of what the future of that program is. There are so many. I wouldn't even begin to guess what that looks like. Yeah. But right now, they're there. They're yeah, absolutely there. yeah, absolutely there. And um, I was texting with Luke the other day. He said they basically got back from higher ground, which I've been there. That's a 
you want to talk about old school true camp. I mean, that's middle of nowhere. Um, I wonder Where how many is times it? they've done Where's it. your geography? It is, I want to say it's in southern Indiana. Like, it's across okay. the border. Okay. Um, but they have, like, a turf field there, a couple turf fields, you know, and they have a whole setup for them. Like, they've been going there for a while, like, before Luke. So it's, okay. a, it's a traditional thing. But, um, you know, it's one of those, you go into little camping room, you know, like mini, mini hotel rooms, and you start, man, has that AC been run in a year? Sure. <laughs> you know, kind of one of those things. <laughs> little little musty? Perhaps. A little musty, well, if you will. Well, what, kind of, what kind uh, of uh, air? What kind of <laughs> air viruses are going on in this thing right now? Right, exactly. Crack the window. Look, yeah. th- this there that game against Notre Dame is going to be a big part of it. And Notre Dame, no Ian Book made the playoff a year ago. Still some big time talent. We see JOK immediate impact. They got another one in Hamilton at safety. Marcus is there. We'll get some perspective on the Fighting Irish from Pete Sampson of the Athletic coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. This Ohio State football training camp report is brought to you locally on the fan by Credit Union of Ohio and by Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse. Ohio State football. Training camp report. And this report brought to you statewide by Safe Light Auto Glass and by the Tire Choice. Big news from the weekend. Ohio State head coach Ryan Day announcing that C.J. Stroud will be the starting quarterback in the opener in Minnesota. You know, over the, the body work between the spring and then also uh, through preseason, um, you know, separated himself with his decision-making, his leadership skills, his accuracy. And, um, and so now we've got to go prepare to go play a game. But uh, proud of him, happy for him. You know, the other guys in the room understand that this is a long season, and that room has to be strong. And regarding the other guys, Day says they have to continue to be ready. They've all been communicated on what they've done well because they've all improved. But um, there's certain areas that they, they need to continue to improve on, and it's all about development. And everybody's journey, especially in the quarterback uh, world, is different. When you think about some of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, it didn't all come at once for them. So you just never know what's going to happen. And so those guys have to continue to work on developing and get ready. But i got to tell you, I, I've, been, I've been impressed with their uh, approach to it, their response to it, and then they're ready to continue to work. We'll have more after this. Simultaneously passing the eye test, the smell test, and the ear test. Huge win. That's a big win. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, let's get some perspective on the Irish. And when we do, we like to talk to Pete Sampson. Covers the Irish for the Athletic, and he joins us on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Pete, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. And let's just start with our guy, Marcus Freeman, and the impact that he's had on the Irish off the field and on. I mean, it's just there's so much optimism about him. I mean, he just, like, he exudes energy and just, like, kind of youthful vibe. I mean, it's, um, I think it's got a lot of Notre Dame fans – I guess the best way I put it is like you have Notre Dame fans talking about Marcus Freeman as head coach and waiting before he's coached a game at Notre Dame. Um, that's that's how optimistic he seems to make people around here. Pete, is it is it just the the recruiting so far? What, I mean, have you been able to see much at practice? I know that um, I've I've had the pleasure of talking to him a couple times. Obviously, we've talked before uh, about about him and what he brings to there. But is it is it just the hope that this young, um, very approachable, very relatable coach has come in, has tried to raise the game recruiting-wise, and you kind of almost have a – there seems to be a stone-cold confidence that he's going to keep the defensive uh, success there in South Bend rolling. Yeah, the recruiting part is the majority of it. because I, I think that 
you know, in the last two years, I think everyone's sort of getting wise to the fact that if you're not recruiting like Ohio State, you're not going to beat Ohio State or Alabama or Clemson at full strength. And Marcus gives you some hope if you're a Notre Dame fan that Notre Dame can actually do that. What we've seen from the defense, we've had a couple open practices. The defense, when I've been there, has gotten the better of the offense. It looks dynamic, unpredictable. Um, it's also brand new. And so I think there's a honeymoon phase there. It's, um, I don't want to throw cold water on this, but like when Brian Van Gorder was the DC, his defense was unpredictable and aggressive. And then it was a total disaster after five games that never recovered. So I'm not saying that's going to happen to Marcus, but like, you know, you want to see some proof for a full season before you come to any big, big picture conclusions. But man, everything so far is just like, this is what you would want your college football program to be about, somebody like Marcus Freeman. Pete, certainly know a lot of Notre Dame grads, a lot of Notre Dame fans in the area, and and I'm just curious. We, we certainly know what Marcus is doing, and we see the, the the juice behind his hire, the idea he picked Notre Dame over LSU. It's got to make you feel great. Um, I'm wondering how, how Brian Kelly, and I don't know Brian at all, So, and I, I know you do a little bit, obviously. How does how's he sit with all of the attention that his new defensive coordinator is getting? I mean, so far, so good. I mean, he is in the past when Notre Dame has had sort of a hot shot assistant, and they've had a few, um, has sort of like tried to deflect it a little bit. To me, this one, he's like leaning into this one pretty hard. Okay. Uh, you know, he's, he's saying, yeah, like I, I know everyone is excited about the recruiting aspect of it, but like I'm excited about the coaching and the relationships with the players because I see that every day, even though we haven't played a game, and that excites me as a head coach. So that's, um, I think Brian Kelly's eagerness to sort of lean into the hype around his DC is, is a positive if you're a Notre Dame fan. Pete, I'm, I'm wondering um, expectations because you look around the roster and, and obviously you have a couple fighting Irish all over the AP preseason All-American list, a couple of linemen, uh, Hamilton at safety and and Kyron Williams as well kind of as, a, as an all-purpose player. But with Jack Cohn at quarterback, we certainly know what that looks like. Um, we know that he chose to leave Wisconsin and go there. Just impressions of Jack, and, and how far can he really take you? Because I'm not going to lie to you, I kind of feel like there's a there's a, a short ceiling there with what he can do for the football team, but just what's your impressions of Jack Cohn? Yes, I mean, he does feel like sort of a, I don't know, a low ceiling but high four quarterback, almost if it's like you know exactly what you're going to get. Um, and you're not going to get any more than that, but you're not going to get any less than that. Um, I think the optimism around Notre Dame with Jack Cohn is moderate, but it's there. And I, I, some of it fits into the he will have better skill position players, and I'm talking starting tight end, starting running back, starting yeah. wide receivers, than he ever had at Wisconsin. Like, there was always a Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin, and that was awesome. Like, that was superior to what Kyron Williams is, but – you didn't have a Kevin Austin and a Braden Lindsay and Michael Mayer, who's a Cincinnati area kid at tight end, who is Notre Dame will tell you will be the best tight end to come out of here. And, you know, you've got Kyle Rudolph, Tyler Eifert, all those guys. So there's, there's more material for him to work with. Um, and I think that having a guy who has started 18 games, you know, is, is he going to be Joe Burrow? No, but you know, can he give you a different version of Ian Book's production, but with better skilled talent? I think that's sort of the the realistic hope here. Pete, what can you tell me about Tyler Buckner? Hearing some buzz on him? Yeah, it, I mean, young guy, only played one year of high school ball, 
blew out his knee as a sophomore, was amazing as a junior, and then COVID wiped out his senior season in San Diego. Uh, he's the guy that Notre Dame needs to be, um, you know, your McCord, your Quinn Ewers. Like, he's, he's the only quarterback on the roster that has that kind of ceiling. Um, so that's not going to happen this year, um, and that's why they brought in Jack Cohn. It's like Jack Cohn is here to get them to Tyler Buckner as a sophomore. Um, and so far, the, the buzz has been good. I mean, he, he looked good in practice Thursday when they're out there. He's had a little bit of a hamstring. Um, Notre Dame feels like he is, has all the tools that you need and the personality to make it here. I just think that, that his first start will probably be in Columbus next year, and that, that's a tall order, but Notre Dame feels like this is the kind of guy that, can, that Notre Dame can compete with a Clemson or Ohio State at the highest level. Pete, I'm, I'm wondering as you uh, as you look at the schedule, and, and obviously you open up with an incredible one out in Florida State, and, and I know that there's history between Freeman and Norvell, Memphis, Cincinnati, that whole deal. So they're familiar with each other's schemes. But as you look at the whole thing, what, what are realistic expectations for the Fighting Irish? What do, you, what do you deem, or what is the fan base, what will they deem as a successful season this year in South Bend? You know, when I sort of pose that question to fans, you get a 10-2 and two regular season with a New Year's Six Bowl win. Uh, so 11-2 and two overall. I think there's, there's definitely a path for Notre Dame to have a quote-unquote successful season and not make the playoffs. Um, that's not something that would be acceptable, you know, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson. But I think here, you know, the bridge to Buckner, it's a young team. They're turned over a lot, new defensive coordinator. You know, the schedule is not great. Um, it's not bad, but there's not the there's not an Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia on there. Um, and so I think that Notre Dame fans sort of look at it as like, this team is probably not a contender to win in the playoffs. It's a contender to make it. But even if they didn't and still won a New Year's Six game against like a, a Florida or a Penn State or an Oregon, I think that the Notre Dame fan base would feel pretty good about that. Pete, uh, this this is a, a big one, but uh, I'm, I'm wondering if, as you look at the future of the program, and the reason I ask the question is Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, um, and and uh, Pac-12 scheduling alliance. I wondered if those three would say, hey, we're not going to schedule you, Notre Dame, unless you join us, uh, because that's kind of the one thing that everybody would love to see happen in those leagues is for Notre Dame to join. Uh, I don't think you're going to see that today, but I wondered it. And then I wonder about name, image, and likeness, and that is a brand that you can have a lot of juice behind uh if, if you can really thrive there um what, what do you see as the future of of the football program at notre dame you know their acc contract runs through 2036 so i think that they're fairly set there and you know you still have usc stanford in the pac-12 uh this year you've got purdue and wisconsin the schedule ohio state comes on michigan state michigan come on later so you know, not in some ways. I feel like Notre Dame's already in the alliance, right? Like nine, they're playing eight, nine games against those three conferences every year. I, I have a very difficult time seeing those three banding together and being like, "All right, we're forcing Notre Dame's hand here." Stranger things have happened, um, but for now, I mean, Notre Dame still sells tickets. They still get people to watch you on TV. Um, they still make you money. So, if I was those leagues, I would. You know, one, Notre Dame would help, but you're still making money off them anyway. Um, so I'm not sure you're going to, you're going to force them to do it. You know, name images like this. Notre Dame is, Notre Dame is a big brand there too. Um, you know, I, they just sort of announced their program internally yesterday with that. Um, 
you know, they've, they've had some success with like the Kyle Hamilton's, the high, high end guys, you know, getting into the six figures. But, um, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, um, I think it's a time where Notre Dame needs to sort of be aware of everything that's going on, uh, but not rush to any sort of judgment on our next move. Yeah, certainly. So, Pete, always great having you on. Appreciate you a great deal. Thanks for your time today. All right. Anytime, guys. Thanks. All right, that's Pete Sampson, covers Notre Dame for the Athletic, does an excellent job. Always learn a little something when we have Pete on. We hit three things on a Tuesday up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Matty Ice has a large tattoo on his calf of LeBron eating a lion. I have nothing else to say. Rockman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to 3. The Fan. Big in Montana and also Minnesota and everywhere else, too. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. You think about Pete's last line. There's Pete Sampson. This is not. This is a time for Notre Dame to kind of sit back and not rush into anything. That's probably pretty good advice for everybody who isn't Greg Sankey. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's make sure. Like, let's not make the mistakes that were made. And I do qualify them as mistakes with Rutgers and Maryland. Let's not make yep. those. We know why they were done. I understand it. I get it. But in the long-term health of the league. Maybe let's make sure we get this one right. We missed this boat, but let's not jump on one that, that's got holes in it. That's that, right. That, that's kind of where you're at uh, a little bit. And the, the Notre Dame deal through 2036 with the ACC, the scheduling alliance, five games every year with ACC. You made a phenomenal point. They're already playing nine teams from this yeah. Alliance, So Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're in a good spot. Pretty amazing. Head coach and weight. That, I mean, that almost gave me chills, dude. I can't imagine how that affected you. Like, he's be, like Mark is being taught of his head coach and waiting at Notre Dame. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. So cool. I'd rather have him be there than in Ann Arbor. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah. 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 Me too. Um, yeah. All right. Let's hit three things on a Tuesday. Hit a chopper. One, two, one, two, three things with Bishop and Laurenitis. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. So it's number one for me. It's been a, a, a it's, I don't know if it's ever been this case where the the NFL team that I pay closest attention to has been a contender from the beginning, the way that the Browns are. And yeah. when you have so few questions on your roster, and so few questions in terms of camp preseason, yeah. it's excruciating. Of course, it's excruciating. I used to love the preseason because oh, I just like just get to the regular season, dude. Let's Kansas get to week City. one. Like my yep. goodness, it just takes forever when you have a contender. Forever, yep. I can't yep. imagine in the old days when you had two a days and all that stuff. Yeah, I can't imagine how long it felt when you were a contender. Yep. Um, my first thing, I've been fighting off these these bees have been trying to make a little hive, and we have. Um, we have an umbrella, like an adjustable umbrella over our outdoor table, right? So yeah. it has multiple holes, multiple stages, angles, twists, you know, 360 degrees, the whole deal. And I keep seeing these bees come in and out, in and out. And so I've been having this battle with this spray foam, you know? And it yeah. seems like you have to catch them fully enveloped in the foam or else they fly away. And if you spray them while they're on the outside, you risk just getting that stuff everywhere anyway. Buddy, not only did I battle them there... I've gone back to the swing set that we had problems from before. And then my neighbor says, hey, our landscaper says that there's a bunch of nests along our fence line. So what do I do? I walk along the fence and I pull the caps up. And what do you know? Four more hives. I went to town yesterday. There's at least 30-plus bees that are no longer because of me. Stay away from my property. I love honey. It's great. Do it somewhere else. Are they bees or are they like wasps, hornets? 
I don't know. I can't tell the difference. I yeah. got the spray that kills everything. <laughs> Either way, they're all gone. My first one, this is just a, I don't know if it's grammatical or AP style, but like a pet peeve that I just noticed. You guys were talking about the LSU thing and how they're they're updating their, their protocols or who's going to be allowed in the stadium. Apparently, they're doing that for their students, but that's not really the point. The point is in their tweet, and it's from LSU. It's a verified LSU university account, and it says, breaking, all LSU students will be required to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, is it really breaking if you're just telling oh, news about job. yourself? Like it's no, that's that. Nobody's reporting this. No, you're just <laughs> announcing something. It's not breaking. It's literally an announcement. It's not breaking news. It's an oh. announcement. That's it. That's sad. That's a bad job of them. Number two for me. Um, I had to send an email out this morning to the second grade flag football boys and girls, um, and and that email consisted of. I won't get into why I had to. You can connect the dots. We played two 25-minute running clock halves in our first game. Yeah. We got a total of 20 offensive plays. Yeah. If you have 15 people on the team, it's tough to get everybody a touch. It is. Co- coach, you just need to you need to be like Urban and, and demand more tempo. My uh, my second thing, <laughs> I did. Remy, had her seven, <laughs> Remy had her seven-month checkup today. The kid is in the 97th percentile. So when I joked yesterday about how with with London holding her and rocking her, yeah. how big she looks. I mean, this is pure breast milk, too. We're just finally getting to the, the pouches. But this kid is just, she's big. She's a big girl. Beautiful, big girl. Awesome. I wonder what percentile I'm in. The second one for me, uh, I need to get back into the swing of the NFL schedule. I had I had sort of clocked, oh, the, that Saints game, that Saints Jaguars game. It's Monday. It's probably going to be Monday Night Football. I didn't like look into it, but I thought that, and then I completely forgot about it until I saw you know people tweeting about what's going on in the game around like nine thirty, and then I was like, I'm not going to tune into a preseason game this late. So I need to. I don't know if I need to set a reminder or write it on a you know write it on the fridge or something, but somewhere that like makes me realize that yes, there are. 30 Thursday night games and there are Monday night games and that's all coming back. It'll happen Labor Day. That's that's when that'll hit for you, Chopper. That'll be you're going to be fine there. Uh, finally, for me, uh, summer was a week too long. Uh, the kids are eating each other apart. The, the inmates are running the asylum. My wife is at her wits' end. They all go back tomorrow. Next year, I'm going to learn from this and do a vacation the week before they go back. Yeah, right Absolutely. before they go back, we're yeah. gone. And then that's how I'm going to do it. And yeah. I've learned. I've learned. I yeah. took notes. Yeah. yeah. We've already tried to book. Yeah. I'm with you, though. Like, we have London started last Friday, and uh, Hayden doesn't start for, like, another two and a half weeks. Yeah. So it's been... Anyway, my last thing, um, I am a moron. I have been studying at the Dublin Library since they finished it the last couple of years. I've been studying there, and I just would go in there and be like, oh, look, study room. It's open. I'm going to go in there. Um, I had no idea that you can reserve those online. <laughs> no idea until yesterday and when i walked up and i'm like oh these actually are reserved i'm like oh how do you do that she's like dude online i'm like okay on the line all right on the line so now i have a, a room reserved all nice. week all That's week now i don't have to go now it's not like hey all res- rooms are reserved the only seat in the library is the one with the sun glaring in to where i'm leaving a puddle of sweat on the couch as i sit there and study temple so now i finally have a room because i'm an idiot and didn't know that existed there you go 
Ask them if you can get a projector, the little coach clicker. You can put film right up on the wall. That would be great. That would be That'd perfect be for you. There's a two-hour cap, though. I, I could use four hours, but it's fine. Two-hour cap. Well, last one for me. I uh, saw this yesterday. A horse in Evansville, Indiana. And it was like a race horse that had like the number on and everything. I saw this. It bucked its rider apparently at the racetrack, got out, and was just galloping down the highway. And You Love know, it. it was good horse driving etiquette. It was in the right lane because it wasn't yeah. going quite as fast, but it was still keeping up. So good job on that horse. Also, they, they safely got it under control and got the horse back. That's Tony the Pony, as, as Dom would call it. That's a good job. Very good job. Uh, we're back tomorrow for more fun. Rothman and Ice up next. Bishman Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.